ordering our food now. We're gonna now. start the podcast with ordering Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> with my audio coming through Tom. Yeah. That sounds um, good enough. Is American cheese fine, or do you want something else? That's fine. Got Russian one. cheese. Okay. Um, bacon's a dollar sixty. Jesus. A uh, dollar sixty for bacon? No. There's a premium bun, a pretzel bun, a sandwich bun, or just lettuce is a bun. <laughs> His face, he's like, what? There are people that are like... It's not a bun, it's lettuce. <laughs> I just watched... Bring your mic uh, closer to you. On a whole at that point, it's just like... Just a scam. It's just <laughs> like a salad. Would you like point. to order well, no, anything KFC additional? KFC has that sandwich that's... Uh, instead of a bun, it has two chicken breasts. Those? It does not unless you make it a combo. It's why? Because the, there's bad. breading on it. Don't feel bad. <laughs> I it's guess. Not a big deal. Okay. Uh, I guess. Go back to Here's a question. All right. I did buy everybody an entire cheesecake. Yes. Let's you did. say uh, that I'm holding a slice of bread, right? Just a single slice of bread, and somebody on the other side of the world small. is also holding but a slice of bread. Does that mean fries, that we are currently both fries, together holding fries, a first sandwich? Fries. A no, bacon cheese baked floor. potato. Okay, so if I drop what you, it... What do you want as your side? Because they've got wait. options. Oh, fuck. Does it have quite a few? Because aren't I chili cheese included into that yeah. sandwich? You've fries You've or lost chili it completely. And cheese baked I'm not going to lie. Or, uh, I, I don't see how they I have lost baked potatoes This is Wendy's. simple, yes, simple <laughs> stuff <laughs> My brain is... It's turned off already. All right. Sandwich is anything between two slices of bread, right? Okay. So if I'm holding a single slice of bread, me that okay. somebody so on the other side of the earth is also holding a single sauce. slice of bread. Would you like to add anything else to it? Like avocado, okay. chili? The world uh, is our sandwich. I see. No, I think and then Austin good. is refuting that. I deject your reality. What am I refuting? I'm part of that sandwich. <laughs> no. Yes, I am. I'm part of that to, sandwich. Put it on the floor. <laughs> And then that guy has to put it on the floor. Then what counts as the floor? What do you want to drink? The ground. Why? Okay. The earth? Yeah. Or Why? Like, you what can't if it close by the it. time we order. You can't hold it in your hand because, like, you don't, like, hold two buns and meat floating in between and that's a burger. No, that's meat floating and you got a ghost problem. Yeah. Milk? Would you like milk? Okay. Alright, alright, alright. But, but. The bread isn't floating. I am part of that whole sandwich-making <laughs> process. Then you there. gotta put the bread on your head. <laughs> to include you all. No, 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 no. It's like sea level, right? You got bread level. Anything below bread level is part of the sandwich. But anything above the bread would just be garnish. Yeah. <laughs> so my brain and head is garnish, but, you know, my, my chest waste. and everything's down. Wow, way to call me a waste. <laughs> Oh my god. That's what all garnish is. I know. Do we want to get more complex than pop? Uh, No. Okay. So, what would you like to drink? Uh, Soda. Just Coke. Yeah. Coca Cola. I think we're asking a lot of Wendy's right now to give me a baked potato. I've never known that they had one, and I think they want to keep it a secret from Dude, me. Dude, uh, uh, making so, a baked potato is like uh, one triple? of the easiest things in the world. Yeah, I know, but no fast food place. So you said no this. mayo, no pickles, no onion, no tomato. Yeah. And you didn't add anything, right? No, I took things okay. away. Just check. So ketchup, mustard, lettuce. 
I ha- I'm going to bet yeah. you 20. Well, no, I'm not going to bet you Folks at home, this is the gun met- order. Metaphorically bet $20. This uh, is the this is the Action Economy sponsored burger of Wendy. <laughs> sponsored, not sponsored. The Schrodinger sponsor. Schrodinger, Schrodinger sponsor. If they hear this, maybe they'll sponsor us. Are we sponsored or not? No one knows until they call and with either a sponsorship offer or a cease and desist. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, if we get the cease and desist, we can just rebuttal with it was a joke, man. It was a joke. Just a prank. Freeze, what freeze, do you want freeze. for your side? Ah, <laughs> uh, fries. Fries, baconator fries, pub fries, or chili cheese fries? Just, Just fries. fries. Oh, man. It's 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> if you ask Coke. them to be like, I need special fries, they're... Is it Coke fry? Yeah. They'll slap you. They'll come here and slap <laughs> us. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, I'll deliver it myself. <laughs> he climbs out of the drive-thru and starts walking. <laughs> You're approaching me. <laughs> yeah. I am rapidly approaching your your location. Oh, okay. I can't deliver your order without getting closer. <laughs> yeah. If you go into Baconator combos, they want to know what size of Baconator, and so it just says Baconator, and below it just says all the thing that marked Sun. <laughs> no, 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 that's Son of Baconator. Yeah, Son of Baconator so, yeah, is a smaller version the smaller of that sandwich. Version. If you want your son back, it'll cost you son of Baconator. Don't ever talk to me or my Baconator son ever again. <laughs> Alright, and you wanted chicken nuggets, right? Yeah, some nuggies. I, like, there is a pretty good chance, Tom, that when you select pay or, or you know, to, to check out or whatever, it's going to say no. It's not impossible. I'm pretty sure it's happened to me before. <clears throat> In which case... I mean, I know it's late, but like, I need food. <laughs> it's not even that late. For retail uh, it is. But normies go to bed at like... Roughly 11. Yeah, but well, like... Fuck that. This is fast food workers. They get paid minimum wage to deal with the worst bullshit. True, true. However, some places like White Castle are open 24 hours. In which case, that's totally expected. But uh, other places, like Wendy's, uh, I vividly remember having a we're open 24 hours ad campaign, but they're not open 24 hours. Yeah. I vividly remember this, but this was like that's a lot of those almost places. ten years ago now. They'll be I, open twenty four hours, but then they close the kitchen yeah, to clean it. Yeah, and shit. yeah. which I, okay, you got to do that, but you know why? I remember it that way? when I was a kid. I remembered um, I, I when I was a kid, very small child, like mm-hmm. below two numbers. <laughs> Yeah, 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 single digit. Yeah, single digit. Seven-year-old. Something like that. I remember that I thought of the Meow Mix the song, okay. and I just was hum- would hum that to myself, As but I did. didn't hear the commercial for it, and when the commercial came on, I was so irrationally angry at it <laughs> for stealing the song from me. And I'm pretty sure I just heard it and forgot about hearing it. But as a child, I was so angry at it. They've stolen my music! I think they played... Because, like, I I remember, like, okay, if you, like, shopped, like, Jewel or someplace like that, they they would sometimes play 
like rather than just music, they would sometimes play like ads and stuff. Yeah. I vaguely remember thinking, like, I'm pretty sure I've heard the Meow Mix I'm pretty sure I have, Jewel. too. <laughs> uh, so, like, you might have been in a store someplace and heard the song, or just were driving to a store and heard mm. it on the radio. I mean, and... apparently as a child, there was a lot of eventful things that happened while I was not aware of it. Like, when I was a baby, apparently, uh, my parents were at some Goodwill store, and it got fucking robbed at gunpoint oh. while I was there. So right. I can't, and I was also apparently taken in a helicopter above the Grand Canyon. I can't remember any cool shit that happened. I to me. yeah, there, there's some stuff like that where I don't remember. I went to New York when I was little. Can't remember. I'm confirming it. your order. But there is uh, a lot of stuff that I do. Wendy says confirmed our order. Sick. Cool. Yeah, but when I was at my cousin's house watching it, it literally confirmed my order for three different places, and every time after two hours of saying, "Hey." We're preparing it. It went... Like, literally, it's like, hey, it's preparing it. It's preparing it. It's preparing it. And, and an hour and a half later, it's like, your DoorDasher is going to get get your order. And I'm like, it's like 2 a.m., but okay. And, like, the DoorDasher would go there, wait for, like, 30 minutes, and then text me, they're closed. And I was like, I... Yeah, man. I don't know, my guy. This <laughs> It's not my fault. I ordered this like an hour before they were closed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should probably explain what's going on. Yeah, maybe. Should we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesse is on vacation, so the we're, bastard. Yeah, we're postponing uh, uh, the eternity stuff for a little bit, as as warned on our Instagram page. Yeah. And of our um, other social medias run by me. Yeah, I only know the one. I yeah. only run one. And I run it, like, half-assedly at best. <laughs> <laughs> eh. I think there was this one dude who, like, I, po- I posted, like, oh, hey, we're doing a uh, talking whatever. Mm. Uh, like a real podcast that yeah. he needs to? <laughs> yeah. Bring in questions if you want. No yeah. one did. But one guy commented, there, like, he's like, Advertise this on this site. <laughs> what? And I was like, "What? Why? No thanks." Like I, it was like this other Instagram account that he was. Oh, like, okay. I think me... I know. What, yeah, I think I know what's going on there. It's yeah, like... and I was like, I don't know if this is like, uh, yeah, I gotta pay for this thing or whatever. But like, I don't want to do any work <laughs> at all. So I was just like, haha, yeah, no thanks. Uh. Thank you for the offer, but we're just vibing. <laughs> I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that person, if it w- even was a person, was like long gone by that point. Oh yeah, they're, no, they're probably just dropping by anything vaguely within that area, mm-hmm. like yeah. oh, making announcements or anything like that, <clears throat> and just throwing out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like sitting there playing Skyrim, and I was like, oh shit, my my boyfriend on Instagram, and I looked, I'm like. Hold on. That's not my voice. You lied to me. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's on, Who's messaging me on Instagram? How dare that? How dare all, that? You get all suspicious. <laughs> Who are you? I have a very special set of skills. <laughs> I have a podcast, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, uh, how many... 
how long did he say he was going to be? Like two A weeks? couple weeks. Yeah. 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 So uh, we only know what we're going to do right now, which is just recording this. After that, we were like trying, uh, we were going to try to figure something else out. Uh, but <clears throat> I kind of figured we could just talk about uh, uh, the game. Yeah. yeah. How uh, I are do you guys have... feeling about it? I love uh, it. Yeah, I do love it. Uh, I'm having a pretty great time with it. So, uh, we got a classic Austin quote there. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. I do. I love a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I have I haven't been paying attention to what I love at the end of every episode. Well, I w- listen to it at work. I haven't been super consistent in making sure to make sure that's at the end of every episode. Oh, Tom, the podcast Tom, is ruined. Tom's the next big this bad is, evil guy. This is that point where <laughs> everyone realizes that none of us watch any episodes. I I, I, I have a few, but I I've been behind. I'm trying I, to I don't watch, watch it. With I used to watch it on YouTube with my friend, and then I decided I didn't care that. If, like, he watched it or not. I gotcha. And so I just downloaded them all on Google because uh, I finally caught up with every single podcast I was listening to on, um... So now you can thing. listen to... So now I listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, in my head, I'm just imagining, it's like, man, no writers are writing any new, ch- like, new chapters of these books or whatever. I'm just gonna write my own book and I'll read that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, like, I listen to my brother, my brother, and me a whole lot. And I think I've listened to every single fucking episode <laughs> at this point. I think past, like, 100. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I've told you guys about where, like, how I came up with the the concept for the campaign. But it was literally, like, in that moment of being, like, half awake, half asleep... Like, I was off of work, and I got woken up by my alarm, and I was like, I'm going back to bed, because I can't. So I slept in, and in that, like, sort of pseudo half-asleep kind of lucid thing, I just started having a a dream about, like, just a ton of different sci-fi stuff, like planets, concepts for things, uh, how a whole magic system works, and I was like... I woke up and I was like, uh, I, I think I should write this down. <laughs> and so I like wrote some of it down. And then like, I think later in that day, I just started listening to, I, I wasn't even listening. I was on YouTube just clicking around on stuff, you know, as you do. And, uh, I found some video. It was music playing, but it sounded like it was playing in like a mall. Mm. And, uh, I was just sitting there, and then all of a sudden I was like, man, it'd be super cool to, like, be listening to this and be, like, alone in a mall. And then I was like, what if it was a spaceship? And then from there it just kind of sort of, like, all okay. fell into, like, the, the, all the history of the Eternity and everything like that. Was you met just... Apollo. <laughs> yeah. It was like everything just started, like, my brain started to expand, and I was, you know. Just a note for the listeners. Uh, we... This campaign was planned way before this was uh, conceived as a podcast. So yeah. it was just kind of, yeah. hey, you want to do yeah. this? Yeah, sure, why not? I think halfway through our, uh, it was like halfway through our, what is it? The, uh, the Warlock campaign. Yeah. 
What was the land? I, for- I always forget the name. So I just Eberron. We did an Eberron oh, yeah. campaign where all of us yeah. played as warlocks. Yeah, yeah I played cool. as one of my favorite characters that uh, Tom hated. What, the <laughs> what are the characters' names? The twins. They are Tari and Hari. There you go. Because <clears throat> <laughs> we, uh, we continuously refer to them just as the twins. Yes. Despite the fact that you consistently like told people what their names were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's they, all, they always introduce themselves the same way. I'm Tari. I'm Hari. Yeah. It, it, and then they were never mentioned ever again. Yeah. It's, it's that's just a, a big... These are the twins. That's a big common problem with all of us. Is like, we... Oh, an NPC. He says their name. And we all immediately forget what the name is. Yeah. Or we sit there and make fun of the name. And <laughs> then forget it. That's why I made sure there were no NPCs in my campaign. <laughs> We became the NPCs. <laughs> no, I'm I'm ashamed and also a little bit proud of how loose I've been playing the rules <laughs> this whole yeah. campaign. Because it's like, in all honesty, I don't care about the rules, like, at all. Yeah. Um, but I know that there is, like, I, I could imagine it, get, it could get on your guys' nerves like one day me being like oh yeah this weapon does this and then the next time we play all of us are like what did we say what (laughs) oh we'll just make it up keep in mind that on top of that sometimes you'll ask me something yeah and my knowledge of the rules of D&D is very very mixed because I first played 3.5 with a group of people who had a ton of house rules mm-hmm. and they explained how to play D&D to me and I've since found out that a lot of the rules were completely wrong and not part of the uh, um, real system uh, however I then tried to run 3.5 with us at home yeah the first just... time I ever played was uh, 3.5 you ju- you had all of the books. He had all the PDFs yeah. uh, on his laptop, so I I never read a single thing of pretty much any... Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I've never read a single word from a 3.5 book, despite the fact that I've played a decent amount of 3.5. Well, on top <clears throat> of that, in my head, Pathfinder and 3.5 kind of blend. Because even when we first started, we were trying to port our 3.5 stuff over to yeah. Pathfinder. And then we gave up on that and started on just to play Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. So, like, the tumble <coughs> check rules that we've used yeah. are my half-remembered rules from back when it was 3.5. I don't think that stuff is actually in Pathfinder, but I could be completely wrong because mm-hmm. I haven't seen a Pathfinder book in a long time. And Starfinder should be what we're referring to, but... It just um, takes so long to, to crack the book open, find what the actual yeah. rules are. And most of the time, no rule in any tabletop, especially nowadays, is just completely self-contained. It mm-hmm. always has some sort of interaction with other rules. Yeah. So, I, like <clears throat> for me at least, I'm just like, uh, does it work? Is everyone okay with this? Sure, let's do it this way. That's why, like, um, just... Keeping uh, keeping with advantage and shit because yeah. that shit just yeah. makes everything so advantage much to easier. me is like because everything else has like 
oh, you get a plus two or a plus five or like a plus three, and this person gets a minus seven or a minus three or something, depending on yeah, every single yeah, fucking yeah. situation. It's just just give mm-hmm. them disadvantage. Just to me, advantage, advantage and disadvantage is very rewarding, and it's actually a pretty cool way to reward a player. Yeah. And, it's also and it, just, it makes sense, like, if you actually, like, have an advantage, mm-hmm. like, in-universe, uh, you're not at the mercy of poor role, you know? Well, yeah, and, like, you, you, there's never a situation <clears throat> where, with advantage, you can be just like, oh, well, I will hit, because yeah. even without they the roll. They still can roll poorly, yeah. but you're less at the mercy of yeah. the dice. Uh, uh, and there is something that... I don't remember the specifics of advantage. If it's just you take the second roll, or if you take the higher of the two, because that's twice, the way that I thought it was. Yeah, you roll twice and use yeah. whatever's better. Yeah, because there was some stuff in Pathfinder that I remember where it'd be like you roll and you can roll again, but you have to take the second roll, mm. even if it's okay. worse. Yeah, I think Fifth Edition actually borrows a whole bunch of stuff from Pathfinder. Because uh, Pathfinder did things to smooth things out mm-hmm. from 3.5. That and makes then, sense. Um, yeah, so I, a lot of that stuff carries over. You'll notice in a lot of... Uh, there, there's some... If you get homebrew stuff from D&D Beyond, <clears throat> occasionally you'll stumble across someone who's used... Oh, it gives you a plus two to something or a negative... You know, <clears throat> things like that. Because that's classic. You know, everything before 5e pretty much uses pluses and minuses. Although, I don't know much about 4e, so... And I, I don't think of it as being a, like, um, wholesale kind of, like, you have to never have, you know, plus two to something. Yeah. I feel like, given the scenario, <clears throat> the specifics of whatever's happening, like, it's perfectly okay to be like, yeah, this role has a plus two to it instead of advantage And it or needed like to that. be, it really did need to be simplified, because, as it was, I played a sniper character in Pathfinder, and... When you start doing things with range and whether or not you're prone and half cover, cover and sight, then there's you know the uh, wind. They just introduced it I actually think in um, wind stuff. Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything. They brought back some of the stuff of holding still to better aim and stuff like that. There's all sorts of things like that that were uh, you could get like five or six different modifiers that were stacked onto your attack that you had to calculate and be like, okay, so I got a plus two from this, a plus two from this, a plus two from this. <clears throat> They're this far away, so it's a negative two to this, and they got half cover, so now I have to roll a percentile to see whether or not I actually managed to hit. Um, yeah. I, um, there's a bunch of that in like the Star Wars RPG I play, mm-hmm. and um, I literally just have a little book that is. Um, it's my attack modifiers all mapped out for each single attack that I can make with a character. If I decide to, like, take, I think it's, like, rapid shot with the extra attack, it'd be, like... I, I remember this now because I've wrote it in the book a bunch. Normally, if I shoot a person with my pistol, it goes D20 plus 13, D20 plus 13, D20 plus 8. And I any of those, I can add plus 1 to. Mm. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I, I'm also, like, I'm a career player. This is, like, the second time I think I've ever DM'd, really. So, yeah. there is a certain amount of, like, <clears throat> I'm more concerned about just having a good time. Is it coming? 
<laughs> the Wendy's is on the way. Schrodinger's Wendy's. No, Schrodinger's sponsor is on its way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Tom's have, our usual DM. We now have two different. We now have yeah. two different names for two different restaurants. We have Schrodinger's sponsor, and yeah. we have Big Dick Silver. <laughs> Big Dick Silver. Should we explain that? No. Yeah. No. Uh, there is. You should be able to get. Big Dick Silvers, if you're intelligent and well-read enough. So wow. Yeah. And leave it at Damn. that. <laughs> Jesus. I want. I just want like people who don't know what the hell Long John Silvers is to go, the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> well, actually, okay, so, uh, Tom, when did you start playing, like, what was your experience when you first started playing Dungeons okay. and Dragons or tabletop so, stuff? I was in my... Um, first year of college, and I had a friend who had started talk was there. He was putting together a game of D anD D that he was going to be running, and they invited me along, taught taught me how to play. Went until they got the 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 DM got sick of DMing. And I made a monk. I tried it out. I was heading a certain direction. You know, things happened and the group fell apart. And the DM was like, well, hey, if you want to keep playing, you can go ahead and DM. And so I tried to DM a session. Didn't go great. Uh, and then everyone lost interest and stopped. And so for the next few <clears throat> months, I really, really, really wanted to play this game that I really liked. And so uh, I... We had no dice, so we had yeah. the uh, the we had the dice from the liars dice. Yeah, game. we 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 had a bunch of d sixes. Uh, th- this is I started playing D anD D when um, first off, uh, uh, me and Tom siblings. Uh, there's a, a third brother. Uh, there is another. There's another. <laughs> um, so Tom started uh, uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons with uh, Tyler, our, our third, you know, the third. Uh, if you are one of the very few people that listened to the one shot for Strahd Must Die Tonight, oh, yes. he was the bird. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, if you could make out who was talking. Yeah, um, that, that one was awful. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but he, <clears throat> like, the two of you started playing... And I would just kind of hang out. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't really care. I was like 15. Um, and uh, <clears throat> then I started getting involved because I would constantly like chime in with, mm-hmm. you know, with little things. Uh, and we just had D6s. Uh, Tom was the only one who had any of the books because they were all uh, PDFs on his laptop. Uh, and it was... Like the yeah, it I was have one of the D sixes that we used right here. <laughs> um, it was Historic. one of the most like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make myself quieter. Oh, it didn't it. work. <laughs> Go ahead and get yourself a drink, man. I uh, it yeah, that was one of the most like bootleg uh, setups for any D and D game. I'm impressed that we were able to play any amount of that at all. Because, like, we didn't know any of the rules, and we were basically learning by, I tried to do this. Oh, well, you can't. Okay? 
why? And then we would get a, like, all right, this is how the rules work. This is about this sort of, sort of specific thing. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. And, like, we would only learn, like, little bits <clears throat> and stuff by basically just exploring in-game. Um, and that went on for, for a while. Uh, and I was already familiar with the concept of, uh, you know, the DM's rule, where it's, you know, rule zero. Yeah. And for a lot of stuff, we just, like, I mean, using four... You can't get an accurate number thing equivalent to a D20, but you can get a result that is between 1 and 24 with 4d6. Yeah. So that's what we did. The funny thing, the funny thing is, is there's a shit ton of games that use only a d6. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We had no idea those existed at the time. Well, yeah. We knew the Super Nintendo Shadowrun game existed. Yeah. So, well, yeah, awesome. When did you start? Yeah, so I uh, was like, I don't know what this is and i went down into lafayette for college for like a year until i was like man this scholarship sucks i'm not gonna go forward with this i cannot and i uh, came back after <clears throat> not passing some classes i got you. but um so i went down there and like i could pretty much do whatever i wanted which was wild to me because for the longest time i had lived like 30 minutes away 20 30 minutes away from the school i went to so all people i knew really were over there and um here i could just do whatever i wanted i had a bike and i had a dream (laughs) which was to be social and so like i went and um there's a DD club so i went Mm -hmm. over there and um i was like hey i want to i want to play Dungeons and Dragons, literally knowing any, not knowing anything except it was medieval fantasy, like Skyrim and Dragon's Dogma <laughs> and stuff like that. And um, they were like, "Okay, what do you want to play? Do you want to play Five E or Pathfinder?" And I went, "What are those? <laughs> are those like campaigns? <laughs> are those like campaigns?" <laughs> and they're like, oh, "No, no, no, just which one?" And I was like, "Would." Yes. That, oh no! I want to do Dungeons and Dragons. I I didn't understand what the fuck anyone was saying, and they just seemed aggravated that I didn't know what it was. So they're like, "Go into the other room, and there's people playing Pathfinder there that are helpful." And That's went, a disappointing group. I mean, you were yeah. lucky to have not played with yeah. them. Yeah. And I went, "Okay," and I walked into the other room, and they were like, "Who are you?" And I was like, <laughs> "I'm Austin." do you play Dungeons and Dragons? And they're like, we play Pathfinder. And I was like, okay, what's that? <laughs> and they're like, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but it's better here. And like, they started setting me up with the sheet and I was like, okay. And I didn't know what the fuck was happening. And I can only imagine <clears throat> your first experience being Pathfinder because, oh my God, even just 5e feel, felt like a lot when I started. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't understand anything that was going on in the entire <laughs> campaign. Uh, we started a campaign, and I was like, this is really weird, I don't know. I was a fighter with a dual-bladed sword that didn't understand how I was supposed to play the character, because they gave me all these feats and stuff that, in retrospect, was a good build. I could, like, do a bunch of attacks. It was basically, like, dual-wielding. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't fucking know that, yeah. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, like, what feats to use or anything like that, so I was just like... I stab him. That's my turn. <laughs> and these quote-unquote helpful people who play Pathfinder 
didn't immediately realize, hey, this person's never played before. Maybe we should teach them how to play. To be fair, they uh, tried, but I'm fucking dumb. (laughs) I mean, how long did you play with these people? Until I left. So, like, this campaign went on for a bit. I didn't understand literally anything that was happening in the game. Didn't know anyone's, what the character relations were. There was a lot of shit going on that I just didn't get. And I was like, I'm just going to sit here until we go stab stuff. And then I'll stab the stuff. Because I was like, wait, you mean I could just pick up a pillow and try to smother a goblin to death in the middle of the street and just that be okay? That, like, I can do that? And they're like, yeah. Oh. Well, the thing (laughs) is, is they can be as helpful as possible, but there's just so much coming in during that first experience. Especially, like, with he's saying with all those feats and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If like, you, I'm pretty sure they w- they explained to me multiple times what yeah. the fucking feats did and everything, and I just didn't know. But, um, that, like, stopped. I forgot why. But we started up a new campaign pretty much immediately, and I was like, I, okay, I want to, like, actually do something. And I went with a ranger. And I don't know if, like, the enemies in that were just low health or whatever, but that ranger could, <laughs> like, kill... God. Was that in still Pathfinder? Yeah, okay. still Pathfinder. Yeah. And um, I would just shoot people and they die immediately. I, and I don't it was think great. I ever played a ranger when we played Pathfinder. <clears throat> it was fun. I The GM, I don't know if this was like Pathfinder uh, Drider or Homebrew Drider, but we fought a Drider. And uh, the GM was like, oh yeah, this Drider has like a tarantula spider body. And the hairs on it, I don't know, the tarantula are poison. Uh-huh. And so he was like, it does strength damage. <laughs> and so all of the warriors, all the frontline people... <laughs> Travis's were... face right now is amazing. <laughs> we had like, I think three or four people that went that were like strength fighters and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strength people. And the drider just made them all drop. And my character with the bow had the longest range, so I was in back, even back further behind the mage, (laughs) who then also got fucked up, and I was the only reason we lived, because I just kept shooting him with my bow. Here's the thing. You mentioned that you don't know whether or not that was a homebrew thing or from the book. Yeah. You describing that to me, I don't know if that was homebrew (laughs) or... Because that sounds, like, from a 5e perspective, that sounds super homebrew. Yeah. But from a Pathfinder perspective... That could be anything. <laughs> well, if you're not aware, um, <clears throat> there's a website, uh, dandwiki.com. It's not D and D or D uh, ampersand D. It's dandwiki.com. And that was where I got, because the, they had the system reference document, which had the basic rules. Um, but on top of that, that had a <clears throat> compilation of tons of homebrew stuff for 3.5 mm-hmm. at the time and that was a where i pulled a lot of my oh. stuff oh so that explains uh, why i was able to play saiyan exactly <laughs> there, there were solid race builds in there like the saiyan build on dand wiki was balanced uh it just incorporated certain things like oh if you take this much damage and heal you get this much of an xp boost so you could increase experience by doing the Zenkai thing yeah, from yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball Z. And so the the race was balanced, and they had a ranking system as to how well made was this homebrew thing. And so any of the five-star ones, you could use with no problems whatsoever. And that's what we did. 
is because that was part of the thing is that a lot of people, and this is a recurring problem with me trying to get new people into D&D, is that you, you tell them you can basically do anything, but they don't understand that that means like, you know, you can like, I want to pick up this cup. I can pick up this yeah. cup. They think that means, okay, I want to be Chuck Norris and kept, and, and kick the planet out of existence. Yeah. They yeah. Think, and I was like, I, yeah. why would well, you do that? That's not a game. That's, that's you just saying something ridiculous because I said anything. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I definitely think that uh, it should be like, <clears throat> you have full control yeah. in, yeah. in you know, Dungeons and Dragons yeah. or Pathfinder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which Chris, was when, when did you start? Was what blew my uh, mind. Well, I started in around 2016 or so. A uh, friend of mine started up a 5e campaign and was like, hey, you want to play? I'm like, sure, yeah, I've never played before. I've always wanted to play. So I played a, uh, a rogue. Uh, actually, my rogue was Hath. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hath was... I remade Hath in our Ebron campaign. <clears throat> Uh, he was a warlock rogue in that. And the original campaign, he was a rogue slash fighter. Uh, he was kind of having trouble, like, hitting things. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, multi-classed him. Okay. It was fun for a while. Uh, a bunch of other school friends. But then eventually scheduling issues happened, and it just kind of died off. Yep. And then I didn't, didn't really the... play again until... Uh, yeah, that's the MO of D and D campaigns. Also, like, I am both a player and a DM, but my DM style is way more like, "All right, what the fuck are we doing today?" <laughs> or like, "You're not a murder hobo player, section? but you're a murder hobo DM." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like there's uh, a concept. I I have like a very bare bones like, "All right." Uh, the demon got released. You got to go fight like the demon. I and think, and everybody's like, "Okay, so we're gonna go fight the demon." And there's go value off. in that. Though. I think yeah. if I DM'd, I think it would have to be like you know a reactionary mm-hmm. type thing because yeah. I don't think I could do all that planning. But like, in I, between... you know, obviously I do a degree of it. Yeah. But I. In between that, though, I like. I'm like, all right. What's this town's deal, or what's this area's deal? And, like, I make a whole, like, little mini place there mm-hmm. where they, where players, like, explore and actually do shit. Take it, like, little section by section. Yeah, of. that's how I do it. Uh, usually. Yeah, I, I've always been really bad at, like, pre-planning things. I'm always much better, <clears throat> like, in the moment. Like, my RP mm-hmm. stuff is generally where all of my characters yeah. shine. Uh, uh, including my newest character, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So like God. when I'm DMing, I I I prefer when people talk to NPCs, which yeah. is why yeah. I made sure there were no NPCs in my campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I get. I gotta fucking say. I really wish that we also recorded uh, Tom's thing for when we do yeah off, yeah off basically uh, we record two episodes in one sitting uh and then the following week we play a 5e campaign that tom runs yeah it's so fucking good i love my character so much my my whole thing for my character was supposed to be like this uh 
dude of a trickster party god, the cleric, and I was like, oh, I'm devil's advocate, and I have, yeah. and I like, just, I, I party and chill and stuff, and that's what I want for my character, but I've rolled consistently <laughs> so high on every single damage roll, like, I used, I've used, uh... Inflict wounds. Inflict wounds, and I've rolled above 20 damage, like, actually every single time I've used it. And it's just such a high number that I vaporize. Bearing people. in mind, what level are we now? Like three? Two? We're level two. We're level, we're level two. About to level up. Like you're not officially level three, yeah. but your next combat encounter, you will be. Level so these three. were like at level one. He was. Doing yeah. This. No. Yeah. Level one. And here's the thing. I, I when the campaign started, I was like, oh, I'm gonna play a fighter or whatever, just because I wanted to be a man that hit things with sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you were out damaging me at level one, <laughs> <laughs> like consistently. Uh, not to say that that's, like, impossible or anything. You're a cleric, and clerics aren't, like, super weak or anything. But every single <laughs> combat encounter. Um, now I've switched to playing a uh, kobold, uh, who's an astral monk. Uh, which, from what I can tell, isn't exactly, like, a, a super unique concept. Um, mm-hmm. But... The general idea is, uh, from what I vaguely remember about D&D lore, kobolds are uh, relatively connected to, like, a draconic lineage. Uh-huh. Uh, so <clears throat> he's a blue kobold who has the draconic lineage of a blue dragon. So when he summons his astral arms, they're these uh, ancient blue dragon arms that come out, uh, the reach weapons. Kobolds have this stupid broken ability... Where if they are within five feet of an ally, that ally and them get advantage on attack rolls. Uh, and because the astral arms are a reach weapon, I can attack uh, at a distance of ten feet. Which means if somebody walks up to a enemy, I can stand behind my ally and punch this dude in the face. <laughs> giving both of us advantage basically as if I were flanking. Yeah. Uh, it is crazy good. Yeah. But it's But yeah, his name's Pebble. Pebble is amazing yeah. both as a character and mechanically. <laughs> I do love Pebble. Food time. We have our Crinkle. food. <laughs> Travis right. crinkles as much as possible. <laughs> so my my career as a player has been, I think, normal for the most part, but my career as a DM has been fucking wild. Yeah? Yeah. I <clears throat> So, I love D&D so much when it got introduced to me. I, it was just the best thing I've ever experienced. So, in college, I was like, how do I get my friends to play this with me? Because I didn't know about Roll20 or anything. Yeah. All I had was Skype miniatures, uh, like little hexagon things called Heroscape. And, uh, I vaguely heard of that. Yeah. yeah. I, and, like, th- that, that was what I had. So I would fucking Skype, like, the board and have <laughs> move everything myself. That's, that's kind of amazing, actually. Yeah. And we played. We played like that for a bit. And it was me DMing with nobody that knew how to play, but I was like, hey, this is really cool. We should all play it. Yeah. And so we did. And um, an incident happened with a player where... Um, Things happened. Uh, killed the game for everyone. No one wanted to play it after oh. that. Um, 
is still talked about to this day sometimes. <laughs> and uh, that died. But right after that, I was like, hey, wait a minute, there's this thing called Roll20. And I figured out how to use that. And so I made another homebrew campaign that we played for a very long time. We played, like, literally all throughout, uh, not all throughout, but, like, months. <laughs> we played months, and because my roommate had basically stolen my Xbox pretty much. Nice. Um, okay. We played literally every day. And I would just come up with shit that we did that day. I feel as like, we went around. like whenever I talk to you, it feels like uh, you're like every time I see you, it's like, hey, I'm in three new campaigns. Yeah. I'm DMing half of them. Yeah, how does that work? Well, it's I um, I DM some, but like it's very sparse because of schedules and shit. Yeah, yeah. I try to not DM because, oh my god, I've DM'd so fucking much. But nobody else knows how to do it. Well, I've yeah. tried to let people do it, but nobody can. Th that's the thing. is like I, I feel bad for Tom being like the for, you know the forever DM. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Thank you. I gave you fries as well. Oh, cool. So you got both. Wait, mm -hmm. I hacked the system. Wait, before I get fries. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for Tom for being the forever DM. Uh, and like, I've always wanted to be a DM to give him time to actually play. Uh -huh. But uh, I suck at pre-planning so much that when it comes to just like, oh, I'm gonna start a campaign from scratch. Uh, like I, I can't do it. <laughs> um, I mean, the only reason really this, good. yeah, the only reason this campaign has worked was because I had that fever dream of the day <laughs> where just like you know everything happened and clicked into place, uh, and like I basically created an entire setting and universe. I get like good ideas for campaigns sometimes. I could just like text you them if you want. By all means, um. I, I have great ideas, but they're usually, like, self-contained. Like, uh, I have a hard time expanding upon them to make them into, like, a full campaign. Like, Well, you could do instance, some, like, one-shots or minis for uh, us. Yeah, that's actually something that I've, I, I've kind of wanted to do, because one of my favorite things to do, in which I imagine it comes through pretty heavily in, you know, etern the Eternity stuff, but um, I love doing horror in, like, because it seems, at least to me, it seems like an impossible task. Like, have a, a horrific or scary scene in a tabletop game. Like, you really have to kind of get people to pay attention to the words you're saying for that to work at all. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of my favorite things to do. But uh, I'm into it. The, the most recent idea concept thing that's popped into my head that I have yet to, again, expand upon at all, has been the idea of a city that has become a 5e campaign style city that's run by a beholder who uh, has turned it into like a surveillance state type city thing. A surveillance state. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where like 
and you're constantly being monitored. There are like these eyeballs everywhere. Um, and the actions that the players do in the city will uh, uh, affect the way advertisements are presented to you. And so literally, like, you walk around and, like, your fighter stares at through shop window at a sword or whatever, and then, um, like, a floating eyeball creature thing comes down to you and is like, I've noticed that you've been, you know, staring at the... How about you shop at these stores? And it'll give you suggestion of stores to shop at and stuff. Basically, like, the cookies system mm. uh, on, like, most websites. <clears throat> Where they'll like they're literally monitoring everyone in the city so that they can advertise to them, uh, to like send them to places. I was more thinking Big Brother. <laughs> that's that's what I wanted to play it off of. Was the idea is like, oh yeah, Big Brother, but in reality, it's just to sell you like shoes. <laughs> Cyberpunk. Yeah. Yeah. Except it's cars. <laughs> Except every single advert isn't sexual. Yeah. Is it? Oh. Oh no. Come get your swords. But hold her in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would depend on what you looked at. Oh no. <laughs> what have you been looking at, Austin? The waifu manual. And <laughs> the waifu manual. <laughs> what was it? It was, it was the monster manual. The bard calls it the waifu catalog. Oh my god. <laughs> So, I believe I've mentioned it before. Do you guys know about Donjon? I think I've shown it to you. Yep. In, yeah. Don. I use it a lot. I don't think so. Uh, Donjon.bin.sh is a... Uh, uh, Schrodinger's sponsor, again. <laughs> uh, it is a uh, website that is basically a guy who took all the charts and stuff that all the, like... D&D people have put out, and he's also compiled a bunch of stuff, and created a ton of random generators. So, if I am DMing, I can guarantee you some of the stuff that's happening is coming from this. So, he covers, he's got uh, stuff for just generic fantasy. Um, uh, He's got AD&D generators, uh, D20 fantasy stuff, uh, Micro Light 20, which is another thing, Pathfinder, 4th uh, edition, 5th edition, uh, and then some weird fiction stuff, science fiction stuff, and he has a code library that's got all the code that he used to program all this stuff. Um, if you are DMing, this is a lifesaver, because... You can do, like, you can, if I wanted to, uh, like, DM for myself, like, if I, because, which I've done, it seems almost impossible, because, like, you know everything that's coming in advance. This covers enough stuff that I could literally just sit down, build a character, and then just start clicking to make stuff happen for a story for myself, and it would be a surprise for me. Um... Back when we first started uh, on uh, Roll20 stuff, I was using this to generate a dungeon or things like that. And we completed immediately, every time. 
<laughs> yeah, so, like, if you're ever DMing, and, like, some of the stuff he's got in here, uh, magic items. I will give you guys ridiculous magic items all the time. Because there is a uh, um, thing he's got on here, which is in his random generators. Is a little drop-down menu that's got all the things that the random generator can do, and one of them is a weird magic item. And it is from a, some chart that he got somewhere that uh, he generates a weird magic item, like a psionic ooze potion, uh, or a, uh, um, let's see here, gauntlets of the woodchuck. Now, while wearing these fur-lined gauntlets, you can throw any wooden object as a weapon with proficiency. Is the, the duck thing? Woodchuck. Is the duck thing? Yes, yes, yeah. the... <clears throat> The duck healing wand of thing duck, that the wand twins of... never use, but they wanted to. Yeah, wherever on campaign wand we got a wand. What's it called? Duck healing. Yeah, wand of duck healing, where you could heal somebody. No, no, wand of cure duck. Yeah, you could heal somebody, but it would also turn them into a duck. He's got um, all sorts of crazy stuff on here. But, like, the books will explain how to build some of this stuff. And they will give you charts that you can roll on to do stuff. He's compiled all that stuff onto here so that you can randomly generate things like treasure. Like if you kill an enemy, I could have you guys roll for it, which can be fun. But if I just want you guys to move through and not spend the time rolling for treasure, I can roll it on here. Um, that sounds like a perfect segue for me to talk about Arturo. All right. <laughs> Which is a completely royalty-free, free-use character. If you want to use this character in your campaign, by all means, because that's kind of become the point. But it, he's basically the first, like, I don't know what you would refer to it, like, legendary character that, you know, people still make jokes about or people reference. That I ever made. Uh, who was... This was Pathfinder. Uh... I don't remember a lot of the specifics about him, but in general, he was a, uh, a half elf. Wizard started in three point five. Did he? Yep. Okay. He was a uh, the, the initial concept for him was I wanted to make a wizard who would cast uh, um, magical armor on himself and summon magical weapons and fight like a fighter. Uh, you obviously can do this, but me being a bad player, uh, I didn't know how. So I unintentionally created a uh, wizard who did illusion magic. Yes, I know I made a, a lot of mistakes with the process <laughs> of making this character, but at the end of the character creation process, this is what he became. So he was a half-elf uh, uh, wizard who specialized in illusions and he had a uh, an item with him uh, he had two magical items that I was given off the bat one was a like carpet that when I rolled it out would roll into an entire campsite and the other one is a cart it's an actual just a straight up cart that I would have to drag around with me everywhere and at any time I could reach in there and pull an item out of However, it had to be an, a useless item. What was it? It was called. It was a custom magic item that I made for it, for the character. Mm -hmm. Called the card of useless items. Yeah. 
Um, and basically it was a, you know, roll a d100. There'd be a table of, you know, random items. None of them could ever be actually useful. Uh, or, unless you rolled a 100. Yeah. Unless then I, I rolled on the magic item tables. Um, and so he was a merchant. So, the, you know, concept for the character was that he uh, was a, uh, a failed wizard. He'd been kicked out of every college, every wizard's college, um, for cheating. Uh, because uh, in either 3.5 or 5th edition, or, or not 5th edition, 3.5 or Pathfinder, one of the others, um, there was a feat that you could take where you would sacrifice, uh, you would gain less spells, like uh, spell levels, uh, but you gained like an insane amount of uh, cantrips, and level 1 spells were also counted as cantrips. So a lot of like the basic illusion magic and stuff was just cantrips, which meant I could just cast it, uh, you know, no cost. Um, in my head, the way that I had imagined it was that I had imagined it that you know a spell requires material components. Well, he has like little cheat sheets, pre-made packages of his <laughs> material components that he can uh, just whip out real quick and have it cast. That's what that's what his cantrips were, and he used his illusion illusion magic and these cantrips to cheat, and he'd been kicked out of every college, so he went into the family business, which was being a trader. So he would drag his cart around, pull out useless items, and use his illusion magic to <clears throat> uh, sell it to people. Okay. Uh, he was a hilarious character. He had a pet owl named Arturo. Uh, um, not Arturo. Archimedes. His name is Arturo. Uh, <laughs> I imagine him. I was like, okay. Well, I mean, my name is. That's not the weirdest thing I've heard. My name is Archimedes, <laughs> and this is Arturo. Wait, switch that. I'm Arturo. This is Archimedes. Uh, he was useless in combat. Basically, no offensive spells. Uh, he would die if somebody looked at him wrong. Uh, and he had, like, no strength. And, like, could not dish out damage at all. Um, and he was everybody's favorite character. <laughs> um, this was, again, you know, was ma- mainly just my roleplay that got the, the character so popular with uh, the other players. But, eventually, when the campaign ended, uh, he, like references to him or things like that would pop up every now and again. Um, he started a business called Arturo's Stabs and Stuff, which the big acronym for it is just ASS. Uh, you pulled out... Oh yeah, the one time I, I pulled out a magical item from the cart. He rolled 100 on his cart once. I pulled out a quarterstaff, which was the weapon that Arturo used. He pulled out a quarterstaff and uh, the first thing about it was that it was a quarterstaff of... Uh, forgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgery. Yeah, you could for- you could use the quarterstaff to forge documents and things like that. The second half of the magical item was that it was sentient. <laughs> oh. Alright then. So, yeah, the, the idea is that Arturo and this quarterstaff created a business where he was selling magical quarterstaffs. <laughs> and everything else. <laughs> um... But yeah, he's he's kind of a uh, 
uh, just a, a joke character, sort of like a useless item version of <clears throat> the um, the shopkeeper from Resident Evil 4. <laughs> what are you buying? Yeah, except everything inside of his coat is just like pots and pans and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, he opens his coat and it's just like clangs, clangs. What are you buying? Yeah. <laughs> the first thing you sold was a bucket mm-hmm. that had a hole in the bottom. And you cast an illusionary smell on it and sold it as like a relic of an old dwarven brewery. <laughs> That's pretty great. I think my only like legendary character that frequently keeps getting brought up in jokes and shit, not in like D&D, but like just jokes in general are, are the twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me and Chris always <laughs> He, we find memes and we always send each other and it's just this is the twins yeah and it's just some wild shit the twins are like i had no plans for yeah. the twins at all i was just like i want these two children think- that like uh and they have magic and their whole deal was that they had to like stay within the same square mm-hmm. and cast shit together and uh that was how they cast magic. And um, Tom was like, well, you could be a like, Hexblade, and one of you could just be the Hexblade. And I was like, yeah, let's do Soul Eater. Yeah, <laughs> bud. And uh, they quickly became like... Um, you played them like kids. I played them like <clears throat> kids, but also really fucking dumb kids. Because... Uh, well, they were like almost feral was they the were, idea. They were super almost feral because the beginning part of their life was they were they were um what was it the uh the the street kids what is that background? Urchins. urchins yeah they had the urchin background and uh Tom's whole thing was like oh yeah you guys like heard this magical forest that ur- no it wasn't even magical I don't think we knew mm. it was just of a forest with a bunch of food in it. So we went there. <laughs> so, like, the first part of their life was being abandoned and just, like, doing stuff on the street and getting a mouse named Mercutio. They had, uh, one of the feats that they had was it let them, uh, travel cities, like, faster. Yeah, we uh, like used they, they... that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, if if the children were in a city or whatever, they could get from point A to point B by using, like, back roads and stuff like that. Yeah, that's one of the urchin uh, features. They just have, like, an innate uh, understanding of how to get from point A to point B. Yeah, but they have been living in, like, the woods in this derelict tower by themselves for, like, I don't even know how long. So I was... A couple days, because you guys had... You guys went in there and then stole the bed. Yeah. Um, No, no, you didn't stand steal the bed. They moved the bed to the basement. Yeah, that's what I meant. It was like they, they, the bed was in the top room, and you guys must have been in there for at the very least like two days, I'm going to say. I don't and think you had it taken was days. The bed. I think it was like months. No, at they'd least. been there for a while. Okay. Yeah. Well, you had taken the bed and moved it to the basement. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, and uh, my character, which was just like a goblin. Um, oh, at the start of the campaign, sure. Just the goblin. <laughs> uh, and, uh, like, I rented out this tower from the a study. sketchy-ass dude. Yeah, from some super sketch dude. Um, 
And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Except for the fact that there's no bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then the children thought... And then the children are like, some fucker's in our tower. Yeah. <laughs> and we closed and locked the door. But you had a key. <laughs> and so they ran up to the very top and hid in an attic that you didn't know about. One of my like, favorite jokes that we did with that was like... I see them run into the tower. They lock the door behind them, and I run up to the door, and I and I have a key on me, so I unlock the door <laughs> and open it up. They have run up to the second floor, and you said like you grab like a chair or something yeah. and throw it down the stairs. Great idea. Great idea. Except for the fact that the door doesn't immediately open to stairs. There's like a room there, <laughs> and the stairs are like in the middle of the room. So when I open the door, just this chair comes tumbling down the stairs and just lands there. <laughs> I just yeah. want to say, as of note, I was not here for the beginning of this campaign. So this yeah. is all new to me, and I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it has very, very big twins energy. Yes. Oh, The yeah. twins, um... Big twin energy. I kept playing them really <laughs> stupid. Um, like, no, at some, you didn't play them very stupid at the beginning. They were pretty stupid at some you points. You played them... I played, um... I, uh, Copper was, well, that was the problem that I played. Yeah. I played him pretty stupid. Yeah. I, like, the way I played but the twins again, was, was I was like, NPC. I'm like, I, they are children, one. Two, they were urchins. And three, they were living in the woods for, at very least, like, months. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know, like, what they would have a grasp on in the normal world or what was going on. And I think, like, the dumbest thing I ever asked as a player for the twins was, <laughs> would they know about paint? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's just, like, the constant thing in my head was, play them kind of stupid, because, like, that's what they Yeah, they don't, they don't know anything. They've yeah. never been anywhere. They were damn near feral, but, like, they'd go down really easy because yeah, they I'd were say just like, a warlock. If you had given them another week or two, they would have gone full feral children. So here's the thing. Yeah. How old did you play them? Were you thinking of them as? Like, ten. Around that okay. age. You played them as, like, four. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the best way I can put it. I was just Which, trying to honestly, be feral. Okay, again, though, like, it's not... If these kids had been staying in the woods for a long time, then found the tower, stayed there for a long time, I would not be that, like, surprised if mentally they were still, like, roughly within the four or five-year-old. In terms of education, yeah, I agree. But that's not how he played them. He played <laughs> them like they were just that dumb. <laughs> hey, maybe they were. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, I mean, they didn't have an education. No, uh, my running joke whenever we're talking about them, like when I'm talking with Tyler or uh, um, <clears throat> Travis about them, is that it's not so much that the kids were chaotic neutral, so much as that you were chaotic <laughs> neutral. And uh, these kids were a conduit for that. <laughs> and, you know, every I think every player deserves to have that kind of character. Oh, yeah. Uh, but what I, what I find so great about the twins wasn't just the twins... In and of themselves. It was the fact that the way the twins interacted with everyone. Yeah. Other, like, our our characters, the way our characters interacted with the twins was great. And 
those are some amazing moments. But I also, love the synergy between the twins and like everyone. But also like uh, NPCs, like going to the library for the twins <laughs> was an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I was always caught in this weird position because I, I didn't want to like <clears throat> squash your fun. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm children. If these kids come in here. Like, it's one thing for Copper to treat the kids as a lot more free and capable and safe and stuff like that. Mm. But I had so many people just look the other way when, honestly, they should have been like, why are these kids here? Who is this goblin who has them? Why are these people around these children? Something yeah. is weird here, yeah. and I need to save Child these traffickers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There were a number of times when yeah. I had to, like, I was like... And then this man whipped out his snake and his peanut brittle. Here's the thing. Even if you we'll did, get that would have made for more interaction It would have made twins. for more chaos. And that's the thing yeah. is that I was like, I don't want to just spend the entire time just playing out the consequences of the kids' actions. All right. It's yeah. time for the court drama, guys. It works, <laughs> but it took up a lot of time. Yeah. To I be, literally, I would yeah. stop myself from doing shit that the twins would do. Very often, because I was like, I, we can't do this. We can't go down this road. <laughs> like, literally, no, every what? single time we were in a shop, I swear to God, every single time, I was like, I can just steal this. I can't, I can't get away with invisibility. This is Eberron. They, they have countermeasures against invisibility. If I do invisibility, they will catch me. And then we have to go through all of that. And the worst one was I, like, was literally 50-50 when we were in, like, the ammunition and shit store. Oh, yeah, yeah, And, yeah. like, I was like, I want to buy grenades. And the store was like, no, you can't buy grenades. What are you talking about? And, like, you don't know how badly I wanted to make the twins turn invisible and try and steal those grenades. You would not have gotten them. I would yeah, not have yeah. gotten them. I know that. But, like, <laughs> what if? <laughs> the twins would have. So, like... When, I can't think of the twins without also thinking about Copper. Yeah. Because, like... <laughs> Copper was all... Everyone's PC was that real was good. The primary, that was the primary interaction for those characters, is that uh, the kids kind of adopt, adopted Copper. Yeah. But <laughs> Copper had no interest in having yeah. anything to do with them. And that pressure back and forth... Because Jesse was playing his character, who pretty much just was doing her own thing, yeah. while... Whenever the kids did something, she would just go along with whatever was going on. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. really a... Um, That's kind of how half was, too. Yeah, and so... They were just vibing. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, Copper was very much like a very uh, abrasive type of person. <laughs> and what I love about the entire campaign, thinking back on it, is the fact that it started with, like, Copper's the responsible one. And, <laughs> and the, the, the fact that you guys laugh is perfect. But Copper was the responsible one who, like, you know, when the kids went down in our very first combat encounter, like, we, like, quickly ran over there and I did medicine checks to, you know, heal you guys. <clears throat> um, which is funny because later on I ended up going cleric uh, as well as... Mm-hmm. We all multiclassed. Yeah. Um, I wanted the twins to be... I didn't want them to die every single encounter, yeah, yeah. and I wanted them to be, like... I was like, they gotta have that, like, primal sense of just exploding magic. Like, you know, the... Like so the you literally are. took the thing that makes you explode magic. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing. As we were doing that, 
that came out on D and D Beyond is yeah. the uh, um, uh, Honor of the Arcana was the Path of the Wild whatever Path of the uh, Wild Soul Barbarian. Yeah, Path of the Wild Soul Barbarian. And so you had and picked Barbarian, and you were yeah, about to reach your third my, level uh, in that. My warlock patron was the queen of the Summerfay court. Yeah. And I thought that that was an actual, just perfect, sensible route for the twins to go down. Yeah. I think all of our characters, like, advancements and everything like that went, like... It all made sense. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. It was... Uh, I wish we would have started recording yeah. sooner. It was such it was a, a very good, good podcast. Copper, Copper was... Or podcast. Campaign. <laughs> It would have been. Uh, uh, Copper was a librarian. I built him at the beginning. The reason why he was the way he was, he was supposed to be an NPC, like a like complete yeah. non-player character. And you guys, and when I say you guys, I mean the twins, uh, <laughs> like thrust being a main character like on him. And the uh, his his uh, patron was an, uh, an old one. Um. And I had, like, a book that, you know, spoke to me and stuff like that. Uh, it was very H.P. Lovecraft kind of yeah. of a character. Yeah. And instead it was a cat. Yeah. It was an Egyptian... Cat-thulu. Yeah, it was an Egyptian old one. Yeah, um, I had to kind of fit... I had to come up with something that was like, okay, well, I need an old one who's going to be up against the um, villain, Grost, who I... Uh, hadn't been certain who that was exactly um but uh i will say mm -hmm. that i think one of my favorite moments for the twins mm -hmm. was uh going up 1v1 in grass and just screaming at him to like hit them and stuff and taunting mm -hmm. him on Come as me, they were, like stabbed mm -hmm. him and stuff and he couldn't hit them because their ac was so high <laughs> yeah um but so like I, I go a little all in on uh, world building and pulling mm -hmm. out concepts, you know. Basically, so, the exact opposite of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did tons of research into uh, like figures that would fit that were in the backs of the D and D stuff that like had been used before, and like how people. So when it comes to the great old one, mm -hmm. there's a number of <clears throat> Egyptian stuff in there. So I was like, okay, who's the best? great old one that I can classify as a great old one that works for your patron that fits with the rest of the patrons as a unified force trying to stop Grast. And then and imagine that as the little tiny domino and that leads up to the very gigantic big domino of Goblin with flaming hair, <laughs> seven different eyes, and cat ears referring to himself as a Neko. I had And a tail. I had five eyes. <clears throat> yeah, it was five eyes. Five, five eyes. eyes and a tail. Ears, tail, my hair was on fire, <clears throat> and I you all referred to me as a Neko. I referred to myself as a god. Yeah. yeah, he uh, also he had went, a... He, went, he kept going insane all, yeah. all the time, and he yeah. kept getting so, like, so permanent basically insanities. Through, through the entire campaign, uh, at certain points, I would have to make sanity checks, which, uh, like, if you just have the 5e books, there's nothing in the actual character sheet for that. Um, but other versions of the character sheet do have the sanity stuff. Uh, yeah, I added in some san things. sanity checks for this yeah. character specifically. Doesn't matter. Doesn't the twins matter. Almost what matters insane. is I failed absolutely every single <laughs> sanity check from the very beginning to the very <clears> end, <throat> and at, like after you a get certain long term point, madnesses each time yeah. you fail, 
and uh, one of the one of the ones that we had set up. And you, uh, for some of the easier ones, you would get short term madnesses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Something that was like, okay, you touch this weird rock, you fail sanity check, uh, like something crazy happens to you, and it makes your character kind of act weird. Uh, of course, I, I love. Okay, I love when Hath came into it because it was part way. Yeah, and then he's just like, "Is this is this normal? <laughs> is this just how <laughs> it's And then Twins are like, "Yeah, you know." The twins are just sitting there, like, give him like an hour. <laughs> you want to play cards? <laughs> yeah, that's literally what happened. <laughs> it's literally what happened. But there's like this amazing curve of insanity because I wanted Copper to like go yeah, insane. I went like that to. <laughs> yeah, way yeah. up there. It, it, so, like, I wanted Copper to go insane by the end of the campaign. I, in fact, I talked to Tom <clears throat> about potentially making Copper the bad guy at the very end, like the <laughs> final boss. Um, but I, uh, like, it just started as, like, okay, he's an NPC. He goes insane and becomes a main character or whatever. And he's he's still, like, a adorable dude. <laughs> so the first thing I wanted, I was like, I want a gun. <laughs> because if you're a normal guy in a world that has guns and you're like I need to defend myself my first thought is not I'm going to get a sick rapier and charge into battle it's going to be I'm going to get a gun I'm going <laughs> to shoot people because that's uh, the safest you po- yeah you point it <clears throat> and you kill them yeah also uh, we haven't mentioned the MVP of our entire party for the entire thing. The third brother is here. <laughs> Benvolio. You can have that cheesecake. Benvolio. I loved Benvolio so much. Well, I, he... I, I want to, uh, real quick, I want to finish uh, the bell curve, not bell oh, yeah. curve, the, the curve, of, curve of copper, because it went from normal guy, I'm going to have a gun, I'm an adventurer now, to, like, easy street. Everything, every adventurer thing that we did up until we met half. Was, there you go. It was yep, my fault. <laughs> was like we go on an adventure and immediately grab the the thing and then like leave the dungeon without ever exploring it. It was just pure luck. Yeah. Uh, and so he got like kind of a big head and was like, "We can do whatever." Well, uh, you found Adam, the the Warforged. We found a Warforged. We we were killing absolutely everything because Benvolio existed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, Which we'll get to Benvolio. And uh, oh, Benvolio. When, when we got to Hath, uh, uh, after he joined, we went to uh, the like plane, elemental plane of water, and there was a like. We went in with no plan. Absolutely no plan. <laughs> and it stayed that way pretty much to the end. The twins yeah. had a plan. That you never shared. Oh my god, no, the no, end no. of that was... I did share. It was just take it. <laughs> we were trying... No, no, no. We lied, remember? We used illusory magic and we're like, oh, we're on like the yeah. council of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very for... much in the moment. We were yeah. like, in the moment like, okay, we're here to... Ins- we're inspectors. <laughs> yeah. We've come to inspect the relic. And they were like, damn, I sure. guess they're inspectors. <laughs> but uh, it, it ended up going on to this whole big thing where uh, essentially Copper had everybody up against the wall at gunpoint. That was one of my favorite moments of that campaign. And <laughs> it was Clue, but with a gun. Well, you pulled yeah. the Murder at the Orient Express. Yeah. Uh... yeah. I, I was like, what is, the, what is the, the only thing I could do in this scenario 
to get everyone to look at the exact same location and for nobody to move. I don't and think then I remembered, explained. wait, I have a gun. I don't think we mentioned that the thing we were trying to achieve in that mission was to steal the, the Sword of Waves, was it? The Sword of Waves, yeah. yeah. Uh, it belonged to the king or something? Yeah, there was a... Dragon. Th- there was a ruler yeah. of the Winter Court yeah. in the Feywild. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <coughs> a dragon guy, wanted it. The, the green dragon, uh, yeah. the, the ancient green dragon wanted it, and that was Jesse's patron. However, he had left it in a palace in the elemental plane of water with one of his, like, princes that are, like, uh, okay. under him. And that was the guy who was posing dramatically with the sword being painted, because I, I made them all... I don't think I ever heard that detail. Yeah, so... That was when you first walked in. It was like, oh, it's in this room. Yeah, you walk in. There he is, yeah. holding the sword <laughs> up, posing, and he's got like a guy painting. And there's dancers and musicians and stuff like that. And that's all the people that were in the room. Yeah. When this happened, and so here's a quick role play tip: if you ever are in a situation kind of like this, <laughs> the best way to lie is to tell the truth. Uh, so we literally just walked up, and I was like, yo. Somebody's trying to steal your sword, <laughs> and I'm gonna find out who it is. And I blind everybody up on the wall and told them, if anybody speaks out of turn, I will shoot you. <laughs> and I, I stayed true to that. He did. Well, that's the thing because the, the ones backed you up because you got him first. Yeah, you convinced him first that you were there to stop it from being stolen and to find out who took it. And the one dude who figured out it was us before we could get away, he spoke out of turn and you shot <laughs> yeah, him. I shot him. <laughs> because I covered my bases. Yeah. And I love it. He was all- like, hey, wait a minute. Oh! I also love how, like, the entire party just kind of learned how to deal with the twins and how to make them do what yeah. you wanted. Because it was like. If you leave the twins just to their own devices, they're gonna do some dumb shit and stab people. But you were like, hey, you guys, just turn invisible. Just chill and watch this, and when this specifically happens, do this with the sword. Yeah. And so it was literally just them, (laughs) invisible, just vibing on the throne. Uh Uh-huh, chilling out. Yeah, chilling out. Uh, and, uh, yeah, like, basically... It started to fall apart, and I had a trump card up my sleeve, which was darkness, <laughs> which became kind of a recurring joke for us. Yeah. Um, but uh, I basically turned the entire area completely pitch black, and I acted like somebody else casted the spell, which in like game terms makes absolutely no sense because there's a verbal component, which yeah. means I literally had to say the spell... <laughs> Just go, wait a minute, I hear somebody casting a spell. <laughs> yeah. But when the darkness got cast, I just started opening fire on people. Which which uh, spiraled Copper into his next evolution, which was just getting fed up with, like, all the stuff the twins were doing. All of the, like, insanity checks that I was failing. Because immediately after this... When we escaped with the sword. I failed a sanity and uh, He failed check. immediately before this and True. after. <laughs> I failed a sanity check and thought everyone was trying to kill me. So I ran away into the Feywild yeah. on my own. Yeah, I believe that was the first session I was And at. I yeah. went to sleep. Which is like the worst decision you could yeah. possibly yeah. make. I think my favorite thing about 
the Feywild was... Um, the dinosaur? Well, that was fun, too. But, like, every, we, we go into the Feywild, and everybody's like, oh, look at look out for the Feywild. There's all the weird shit that happens, and, like, all the, all the weird stuff that happens. But, like, the forest that the twins had lived in for so long had been, like... The Fae lived there, too. Yeah. And it was super fucking magic. And it was basically just the Feywild. And they're like... What What, what are you talking about? <laughs> this, like, Trees just do that. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, I, do you not have a conversation with your local mushroom every <laughs> single night? You have to tell the frogs they're pretty, otherwise they stab the you. Like... Is that like? Do you not do that? This is simple stuff here. Simple I'm telling you. Like we're we're ten and we know this. Yeah, yeah. And both the twins have glasses and they're just. Uh, come on, come on, idiots! No, yeah. After that, like after all the Feywild stuff, Copper just got like super super fed up with like dealing with this stuff, and so mm. when we finally got to, uh, um, like the actual big city, like. That's when, like, the fanaticism stuff really yeah. started to take hold. Yeah. Where, like, oh, what do you do while, like, nothing's going on. What do you do? I lock myself in my room and I start, like, scribing <laughs> runes on the wall and stuff like that. Uh, I liked how, I, I really liked how you are like, alright, we need to get the book. Now, I can't go in there because they know me in there. Yeah. Who's the best person to send into this library on a delicate <laughs> stealth mission? You like his background is a spy and you know literally he's a rogue and then there's like send the kids yeah well, okay his decision did make sense so I will yeah. say. yes yeah. this is why I chose the children <clears throat> because they are children if a grown man comes in and is like I uh, I'm going to sneak into this like super crazy library or whatever <clears throat> if he gets caught, they're going to kill him, or they're going to arrest him. But if children do it, children sneak into places all the time. <laughs> Especially children like these. Yeah. So uh, my thought process was like, okay, Jesse's character was off currently trying to speedrun becoming a noble. Yeah. Uh, it was literally doing the sin strategy of yeah. getting rich. <clears throat> um, the children were the least likely to be murdered. And uh, Half was too busy with his comedy career. And if they got caught, their ace. And if they did try it's to murder true. the he children, true. He did have a thriving, <laughs> thriving. If they did try career. to murder the children, I think the children are the best equipped out of that entire party to get away. That's yes. true. Yeah. 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 Um, I that entire library. You also thing, had that door thing, which I yeah. You became obsessed with that library. That library scene was the best. I think that was like my favorite thing. Because I stole the book. There's a cat in here. Sorry if you hear meows. There's a, uh, I think that was my favorite scene the entire campaign because uh, they went in, they stole the book, and we're like, okay, let's steal the book. And uh, me as a person thought, one, let's try to cover my tracks a little more so they don't suspect me. Uh -huh. Two, 
Let's have some fucking fun. What would the <laughs> twins do? And so the twins, you're like on your way out, and then you yeah. catch like out of the corner of your eye, like, oh, that's a that's a kids section over there. <laughs> yeah, and then they got comics. What happened was we we were asking about stuff, and the guy was you like, were asking about fairies, and you're yeah, like, yeah. We went up to the counter at the desk <laughs> you guy. Had, you had the stolen had, book. We in had your bag. the stolen book in the bag, and we're like. Do you have any books on fairies? And he was like, oh yeah, over here. And with the stolen book, I had completed my mission. I could have just left, but like, the twins went like, and just like, they checked out every single Feywild book there was. Well, that was, and, uh, you guys also had to learn about libraries and yeah, the and library the whole, card. Which was like, card, yeah. the thing I love about the twins is they're feral they're vicious and they do whatever they want but there's also a lot of scenes where they're just adorable yeah they want and, to learn they want yeah. to learn things and um i think my the favorite cute thing was uh when he was like oh yeah what's what's your names what are your parents names and they're like we don't have parents what do you mean and they're like, okay, well, who is your guardian? And they're like, oh, well, our new mom is Alon Lane, the, <laughs> yeah. the queen of the Summer Fae. And uh, he's just like, all right. And like, <laughs> he gives them library cards, Tari and Hari of the Summer Fae court. Yeah, and yeah. he just like lets that be their pretty much official name because that's the only official documentation of yeah. the twins that exist. Uh, and I thought that was adorable. I loved that. Then, we keep talking about this campaign. Yeah, I'm just sitting well, here that, thinking, that, like, man, we have this episode of our well. podcast uh, just talking <clears throat> about a game that is not our podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I see. We reference yeah. this a lot, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It helps uh, actually. I think it gives this an idea. also like we're we're <clears throat> in the timeline of events. We're getting close to the section where racially motivated comes. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Hath had a thriving comedy <laughs> yes. career. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, on Discord, it's still that yeah, right that, now. Yeah, on Discord yeah, right yeah. now, his name is Penis Brittle. <laughs> and there's a reason. Yeah. Um, so basically, once we got to Sharn, uh, we were basically just doing whatever until uh, this big party that was going to happen. Yeah, I got to kill time. Yeah. I had the Eberron calendar running on yeah. my computer that was like, day to day, what's happening? Oh, this festival's coming up, and that sort of okay. stuff. And this, uh, I should mention that this campaign was set in the future of where Eberron is right now by quite a bit because this was a sequel campaign to one of the first campaigns I ever ran with uh, my brothers and uh, a friend of ours and uh, one of those characters actually guest appeared actually a couple two. of those characters two characters yeah guest appeared in this um right. but uh this puts it considerably ahead oh, in wait. the uh um, more than two Who's the who am I? Okay, who am the, I um, the the turban. Yeah, the turban. Was he in that? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah he was in it. He yeah. was at the party. He he crashed the party the twins were in. He remember the Batman Year One thing. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that makes plenty of sense to people listening. But it, yeah. so there was a lot of stuff that changed. Like if you read the Aberon books, the. Uh, all this stuff is in there in terms of like holidays and stuff like that. So we were had days of downtime for the characters. Mm -hmm. So they started doing stuff with it, and yeah. so yeah, what Hath, Hath decided to do with his time. We jokingly said that Hath should do like a magic show. Well, I, I kind of had the idea mm -hmm. to begin with. I was like, I was kind of into it. Um, my character was packed of a chain, which basically means I have a familiar. 
Uh, it took the form of a snake. So my idea was, since you're, you can talk through your familiar, was to basically do a like ventriloquist type of act. Uh, and then <clears throat> with snake, the whole, you know, mm. the um, peanut that, brittle joke came up. Yeah, yeah, like putting, you know, hiding the snake. And, and and I, don't I don't know how it got to this I don't know how it got to this point, penis. but at some point Well, it snakes became... are obviously very phallic, so... <laughs> Uh, at some no. point it became yeah he hides it in like his in uh, his pants in his pants and then he unzips it and boom, well, yeah pull, pulls out comes the, out pulls out the can of uh, peanut brittle yeah. and then pops the top <laughs> and then a snake comes out that does the rest of the magic tricks for him yeah that, I don't think we actually did that in game but that was the joke that like we never yeah specifically yeah. did that but, but that was like the place you were performing had children so. yeah 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 yes. also uh, good segue. Pact of the Chain, speaking of, be, uh, that leads into the best character that yes. was on the team, mechanically speaking, Benvolio. The reason. The reason we're alive. We, yeah, the reason lot, we live. Um, so Benvolio was the twins' familiar, because they were also Pact of the Chain. They were not. Uh, were they, they were, uh, uh, were they Pact of the Chain? Or were they, uh, yes. I thought they were Pact of the Blade. But no, no. Uh, Jesse's character was Jesse to the was packed to the blade. Yeah, you, I was. You're right, you're right. I was a uh, hexblade. Hexblade packed to the chain the warlock. Chain. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus wild soul. The initial. Barbarian. The initial idea was that you were going to be just a packed of the chain, and then your familiar was going to be your other twin. Yeah. But then Tom had mentioned being the hexblade and making the other twin your the sword. Hexblade. Yeah, yeah, we played around with that. So yeah. So okay, they're uh, <clears throat> so they're familiar. Was Benvolio, who the Alan way basically was just like, make sure they don't die, please. And oh boy, did he do well, that! When you got when you got Benvolio, he was just like a random fairy that she picked out. He's I think a sprite. Yeah, yeah. It was a sprite yeah. that you gave like an acorn to, or something. Yeah. Oh, we went into the Feywild before actually like meeting uh, Alan way and picking picking Pact of the Chain and all yeah. that. And um, he was just like a sprite that was there talking to yeah. you. Yeah. And you played cards with him, and you yeah. gave him an acorn. We we lost pretty badly at cards against him, which Benvolio never lost it. He, uh, no, li- the entire I must have played cards like thirty five times in that entire tens. campaign. He never lost once. I feel like you beat him once. I wonder. Yeah, I did. Beat you got him excited you beat him about once. it. You beat I him did. once. Beat him it was once. actually kind of late into the campaign too. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, plot twist: he let the twins win the victim. Probably, <laughs> at that point, he probably <laughs> yeah. did. But no, he was just like normal pixie or whatever. And yeah. then after you do all your stuff with your patron, you're given a familiar. And it was like, oh yeah, you. You go with them. And then you had chosen the name Benvolio. Yeah. Because my, my mouse's name was Mercutio. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Juliet so mm-hmm. Benvolio, he went around and he was just normal sprite stats. Yeah. But he had a bow. That if he shot somebody and hit, it would deal a single damage, and they'd have to make a con save. And if they, f- it was like DC ten or something. Yeah. If Super you low. failed it, you're poisoned. If you failed it by getting a five or lower, you are unconscious for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people that he made of con- unconscious is absolutely ridiculous. I think the most famous one being we were 
in this dungeon. I still to this day don't really know what the fuck was going on down there because there was an actual goddamn demon down there <laughs> and some lady who I forget even who it was. I don't even like know if she came up again in the campaign, but like it was just this lady and this demon showed up and we're like, what's happening? And we were fighting and Benvolio shoots the demon with the little tiny bow. Mm-hmm. Makes the demon pass out, and she <laughs> runs up and casts Banishment on it. Yeah. In, like, a turn. And that was that. It, yeah, there, there were... I should probably mention, there was no demon. That was an illusion, and she cut the illusion mm. right then when the Banishment happened. She there was, was... She was a succubi. A yeah, there, ah. I, I, was, I got the successful Banishment uh, yeah. uh, play, which is the first time and I think only time I've ever successfully comboed any two moves, like, successfully, fluidly together. Yeah, I, I keep on forgetting to mention but, that, like, you guys missed a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were, you were followed by so many things <laughs> that just happened to not get to you because it, of timing. And that is like just, perfect. We that just, is perfect, too. We knew it, too, but we couldn't prove it. <laughs> well, it's, it's more than that. It, it was, there are yeah. things that I built and played out their entire story in my head, because you guys never interacted with what was going on. <laughs> Do you know, there was a shadow demon that followed you from that first dungeon that kept on trying to do stuff, and I would have you guys roll things, and he could not get into a position where he could do anything to you for the rest of the campaign. <laughs> so, like, I had this whole internal thing of how he was steadily going insane and getting upset with stuff. <laughs> and uh, I finally had him give up somewhere around... Like when you were, uh, right before you met Hath, actually. Right before... Okay, when you like, went right, right on, when the on the yeah. train. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, that, but that is perfect, too, because the entire campaign, like, at the end of the campaign, that's pretty much what it was. Was ignorance is bliss, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, the end, like, I think a fun storyline... I just remembered Bernie. <laughs> well, I think a fun we'll storyline was that dude and that lady <laughs> who, like, just... Were there sometimes, and sometimes they were chill, and sometimes they were not. And like, I was like, "These guys are bad. I know it." And then Tom was like, "Oh no, you don't think they are?" But like, I didn't know that it was. He was trying to say that there was magic, because mm-hmm. if I would have known, I would have like ended that immediately and, and been like, "Oh, you're good." Oh. But like, I kept arguing. <laughs> I was like. No, they're not good. The twi- Like, even if I, like, perceived them as good, the twins as characters would definitely think that they're bad. Okay. And I didn't your, know it was magic. Your, uh, um... Your reactions in that situation were based more on a meta level. Because what the twins saw there uh-huh. was not, oh, they saw you and went and told someone. <clears throat> what the twins literally saw was a couple there who were talking and were chatting outside of a uh, um, bar where they were clearly patrons and that he was, like looked in and said something to someone uh, and was going back and forth. That was also kind of my fault too though because I, I was pretty sure that like I, the whole reason that they didn't trust him or thought they were in on it was because they talked to this one dude and then the one dude ran over and immediately tried to stab uh, Jesse. No, I, I, because that's not what happened. He walked out, started shoving around and bullying the guy, and then pushed him away and then walked away towards the alley, mm-hmm. and then found Jesse and fought Jesse. Yeah. So, they were, but the whole fact that, you like... You were right, because that was an act uh-huh. that they were doing. 
but they specifically, the the two were never supposed to interact with you at all until like the other two had done something. But mm-hmm. that the guy who came out was the guy he was talking to, uh, inside. But the whole thing was that you the twins only ever saw this these this couple talking a big tough evil looking guy come out shove the guy around make a lewd comment to the woman and then walk <laughs> away into the alleyway well yeah okay, but then okay. like on, right on, after on, that on. jesse we had like the mm-hmm. stones of far speech or whatever yeah they were and like jesse was like oh my god there's this guy attacking me well, in the okay. alley it's not and just that Austin, been... it was also when when they showed up <clears throat> I had also found that found out that we were being followed by a goblin. Yes, that's true. And, and he just fucking I, shot him. <laughs> I specifically told you and Jesse what to do. I told you to go and take care of those two on the street because I assumed that they were there. Because from mm-hmm. my perspective as a player, I thought it was like completely dead. Nobody was out on the streets except for these two people. And then this person following mm. us. So I, I wanted you... I, I remember I specifically told you to make, go over and make sure that they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Which is why you didn't attack them. It's why you just held them there yeah. at sword point. And then I hid around the corner and then told Jesse to f- go down that alleyway. Um, That entire confrontation was my fault. <laughs> um, it was a real shit show. But, regardless of any of that... Uh, they were the bad guys. Copper's Maybe. Ascension <laughs> is one of my favorite things that I think I've ever done. It because is pretty amazing. Because it doesn't... Okay, so. When we were in the Feywild, we met a hag and bought things from her. One of the things that she was selling was a completely worthless set of rings that had a chain connected to them. <clears throat> Tom was just describing items. And this was there was two rings for your fingers with a little chain that goes from one to the other. You and, bomb. And I was like, oh uh that's kinda that's kinda interesting. Um at the same time I was scrolling through the magic item list <laughs> just because. And I saw Pair of ri- I saw a ring in there, and I was like, oh, what is this? And I pulled it up, and it was, it described these two rings that are connected by a chain. It's a magic item. So I asked Tom, like, hey, when a magic item gets destroyed, or like, it's in a bag of holding, and the bag of holding gets destroyed, what happens to the magic items? And the hag was like, oh yeah, magic items fall into the Feywild all the time. So I was like, okay, what is this thing that I'm... Because in my mind at that point, I was like, oh, that's what this is. And the magic item was Rings of Shared Suffering. And the Rings of Shared Suffering are two rings that are connected by a little chain, and when you break them apart and give one to someone and wear the other one, any damage taken by either person is then halved and shared. Um, I love the tiny detail that came from this. Yes. Yes. Uh... But you are required to have a dragon mark to do it. Now, I didn't know anything about dragon marks. I don't know what that was. So I had asked Tom, again, in character, like, do you know anything about dragon marks or whatever? And Tom had to, like, we spent a little while looking it up. Turns out that dragon marks are, like, specific to Eberron. 
Yeah. Which is, again, just a happy coincidence. And I get a mark written down in my book. It doesn't work because you're required to be human to do it. But that sent me on this long adventure of I need to find either someone with a dragon mark or somehow get this mark to work so that I can charge these rings of shared suffering. And that's where my plan ended was to just have <laughs> yeah. these magic items. I also really hope that everybody like has their characters still and oh, yeah, knows what's up. Yeah. Because at some point, I really want to make a uh, one-shot with the twins where it's like Willy Wonka-esque Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. One person's going to win this entire, like, just yeah. wonderland of... Uh, Insanity. Of, uh, insan- <laughs> yeah. It's probably like... A candy factory that makes candy magic items. Yeah, well, like, there was a whole thing where, like, for a while, the children wanted to buy a uh, candy shop. Yeah, they did. They made, like, an entire empire off the wealth that they got. Uh, but, yeah, we... I successfully was able to get these rings charged. And I had this magic item, and I was like, alright, cool, now I just need to... Find somebody who is willing to just take half of my damage. <laughs> I was like, that's never going to happen. I'm probably going to sell these. So, like, a couple sessions later, we do a job. And the dude tells us, hey, protect this stuff in the museum. And as payment, I will uh, let you take... Each person can take one thing from the museum. As well as, I will throw in this book, which is a book that I was looking for. We do the job. It was a horrible mess. The entire <laughs> job was a horrible mess. Yeah. And at the end of it, um, everything was stolen. But not by the person who we were hired to stop from stealing the stuff, by someone else. So, this dude who hired us, who's kind of a little suspicious, is like, Okay, uh, here's the book. Now leave. And he takes the person that we captured and puts them in like a sarcophagus in the museum. And my mind is like, oh my god, th- like this, we, this is the worst scenario possible. This guy is some evil overlord and he's <laughs> about to do some sort of evil demon thing and we just helped him. Which and, is 100% true. That is what was going on. And... We didn't get paid. <laughs> so, again, at this point, Copper was just like, I'm having none of it. I'm I'm jaded to the world now. So, again, Copper goes back to, hey, I have a gun. So this dude gets into a second sarcophagus, and a spell starts being cast. And I had one spell slot left. So I used that one spell slot to cast Counterspell <laughs> to stop whatever was going on over there. It was, I, I think it was going on for like a little while, yeah. too, so you interrupted all of that work. <laughs> and I opened up the sarcophagus and I'm pointing the gun at the dude. <laughs> and I'm like, you need to pay us, man. And so he's like, sure, fine. And he gives us the wand of Cure Duck, yeah. which is a joke. And the I look twins at loved it. it. I look at it. I I know what it is. 
and I know it's a joke. <laughs> so I like threw it away and I was like, you have to pay us. And he was like, no. So I was like, fine. I take the ring of shared <laughs> suffering and I, I break the chain and I give him one ring and I say, wear this. Just wear that ring. Because in my mind, I was like, this dude's turning into a lich. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're and not wrong. And so I was like, all right, I put on the other half. He puts on that half. He looks at it. He does, he does detect magic or, or, like, identify on it. Yeah, he does identify it. Laugh and is like, okay, sure, whatever. And he puts it on and closes <laughs> sarcophagus. And I'm like, well, either I'm going to just immediately keel over dead or, like... I basically have, like, an unlimited half damage. <laughs> like, he'll just tank half damage for me forever now. This was such an incredible moment in the moment, because we're like, what the fuck is going to happen? Yeah, the twins were off to the side, like, what is this What is this? It wand? was, like, one of the very few moments where, like, everyone other than Copper just, like, wasn't doing anything, really. Like, we were all just, you were all just kind of, like, standing there watching me yeah. hold some dude at gunpoint. Yeah. So it's like, you go, copper! <laughs> yeah. we, so we leave. <clears throat> we don't even make it out the door. Well, yeah, he was... Uh, let me give you guys a little bit of idea of what was going on. Because I was trying to get into the whole Egyptian mm-hmm. pantheon stuff. Because you had become a cleric. And yeah, yeah. so you were becoming a cleric of Bast, who was your patron. Uh, and so it turned into this whole thing that I was like, okay, well, let's get mummification in with the lich thing. And so the guy was going to magically mummify Lich himself. Yeah. But he needed a sacrifice of uh, a uh, um, cleric of Set yeah. to do so. And so that's why she was, like, she was, strictly speaking, a hero there to save the world from this guy. Yeah. And you guys captured her and handed her over. Damn. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, you threw... They're, Sounds like the twins. <laughs> no heroes, no villains. So what, what it was going to do is that for the next year, a couple years or so, it was going to be the steady draining of her life into him as he uh, stole her soul to turn himself into uh, like a mummy lord. Yeah. And uh, he was basically invulnerable while he was in there, um, which is why he laughed when he put the ring on. Mm-hmm. But he also expected that you were going to get hit by something bad when he did it off. All it took was a couple seconds for him to restart the yeah. ritual and get back going. So as you guys are walking out, it hit and it worked. And I rolled on a chart to see what would happen to you. I was totally prepared to die. <laughs> and I basically did. I killed over dead, more or less. And my I had been shoved into the astral plane. Yes. Where yes. some character development happened. Yada, yada, yada. Kind of boring stuff compared to what happened next. <laughs> We rolled some sanity checks. Failed, failed all of them. All of them. Uh, and when I awoke, I went through a metamorphosis. The first of many. Yeah. <laughs> I had gained a third eye, and my hair had turned to fire, and I grew horns. Like yes. antlers. Oh, yeah, you did have horns. I forgot that. Um, for, for a short period. Yeah. yeah. And a nearby person who we had vaporized and was a pile <laughs> of ash uh, reformed... And became an undead servant. Yes. Specifically, the, what I rolled was that, oh, a white appears yeah. and serves the uh, um, the person. Serves so, the, uh, um, the, the, there was like a wild magic surge mm-hmm. or something like that. I forget what exactly. 
So when I came to, I had a new eye, horns, my hair was fire, and I had a, a new best buddy, who was an, a, a white, an undead servant, and we, I think I initially wanted to name him Adam Sandler. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think, Chris, you had said Bernie Sanders? Yeah. And so we combined it together. <laughs> so his name was uh, Bernie Sandler. <laughs> yeah. And we kitted him out. Yeah, we yeah. did. We... He probably had nicer equipment than I had. In a previous campaign, someone had this magic item, which was like a jar of bronze, like liquid bronze. Molten bronze armor, yeah. Yeah, that when they poured it over themselves, it it was armor. Well, it was the the cleric of set. Had it. Oh, was it? Yeah, the cleric. Well, I thought it was a different. It. I thought it was a completely no. Different we had it like no, no. that encounter. Okay. Uh. Well, we gave that to Bernie, and so Bernie became as, as we lovingly called him a bronze Adonis. <laughs> um, we gave him weapons and everything like that, and he was a chill. He was a chill white he too. Was yeah. sick. Well, the whole thing is that he was just all about service to yeah, his lord yeah. and master type yeah. thing. He was a white that fucking at some point. Got resurrected <laughs> as a hot drow. Well, yeah. Reincarnated. Reincarnated. Hold on. Because that's another big event, too. Yeah. But yeah, he was this, He was Benvolio, too. Yeah. Um, also, like, I think that we should mention this entire time, like, what the main thing of the campaign is. There's these pale elves that are going and infiltrating yeah. Oh, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We completely skipped like, The entire campaign the is like... High. Well, yeah, the Shadar Kai. What the fuck are they doing? What are these pale elves doing? And usually when we found them, they were bad guys. Yeah. And they tried to stab us a bunch, including kings that I'm pretty sure is illegal. And so, yeah, we, like, we got super, We got hella paranoid about any yeah. pale yeah. elf. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like that's Which we where... made a lot of racist, like, oh, yeah. we're being racist kind of yeah. things. And uh, my go-to thing is, I'm not racist, I'm just racially motivated. <laughs> and that's where it comes from. So yeah. that's where racially motivated comes from, which I believe we have said a couple times. Yes. yes. Uh, and we'll continue to say because it is <laughs> At hilarious. least once I edited it out because it didn't make sense in context, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not supposed to tell people that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's where racially motivated came from. Then, like, the next big fun event that I can remember is the staff exploding. The staff exploding was so good. Like, this is the second fight before the final fight of yeah. the campaign. And it was, like, one of the main dudes that The had dude who stole again. all the stuff from the museum. Yeah. yeah. Is chilling out on a beach, and we in slowly... In the shadow fell. Yeah, and we... No, no, it wasn't in the shadow fell. It was it? in the regular material plane. Oh. We slowly row our boat over to him. <laughs> you guys never actually went to the Shadowfell. Yeah. Then we get out and we're like, okay, let's all fight him. Yeah. He was asleep on the beach in like literally like on a lawn chair with, Sunning a, himself. with an umbrella and the you know, twins just and a started... drink next to him and he had fallen asleep. So the twins like bolt at him. Yeah. And they go in. And well, you snuck up. You snuck yeah. up to him. I, I had up. previously given Bernie, a command that was to assist the children in Stay combat. Stay by the kids. Stay yeah. by them. and Because Bernie and the twins could flank, deal tons of damage. It was awesome. 
So Benvolio goes over there. The twins go over there. Bernie goes over there. Jesse's character goes over there. The hard hitters goes over there. I should warn you. Uh, I should mention this character was so powerful. This is a much higher level he, character. Yeah, he he, had, he could have just if if he had like if he had gotten a good solid hit, he could have one shot. He in rolled it. real low on his like all pretty much all of us went before <clears throat> he did. Yeah, uh, on initiative. Um, he had a staff of power. I wanted to. There was some reason. There was a specific spell that I was prepping to cast. So I ran in. Uh, uh, everyone, uh, uh, our Adam, who was our uh, uh, Warforged, Warforged, who was the real Benvolio too. Um, <laughs> there was Benvolio, Adam, who was Benvolio two, and then uh, Bernie, who was Benvolio three. Yeah, uh, the trilogy. <clears throat> all the NPCs were very, very effective. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like they always are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone ran in except for Hath yeah. and his snake. Absolutely everyone. And we're all, you know that that JoJo meme where it's, you know, you sip the wine and then everybody's curb stomping the dude? <laughs> that was us. And so he, like, kind of panicked and just tried to hit the kids with his staff. <laughs> And to us, it was just, he has a staff. So he tries to hit them, and he rolls a one. And we're like, okay, what a loser, right? <laughs> and he hits the staff on the ground, and it breaks. And we're like, okay. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. And then it just explodes. And Hash is here like, huh, sucks to be you guys. The radius is like just far enough that it doesn't hit half. Yeah. It was literally five feet away from you. Yeah. But it hits everyone else. If anyone knows what a staff of power is, it's got this uh, sort of like retribution ability. Yeah. That when you break the staff, any charges in the staff are added to the number of uh, um, dice that you roll. We did not know this was a staff of power. How many? How much damage would it have done? Oh, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head, but a lot. Yeah. Um, I wanna. I wanna try and roll the dice right now <laughs> everyone, and figure out if we would have lived. Everyone died immediately, except for the twins who tanked it, but like had like five health left. The twins also had a f- fucking harrowing experience yeah. of being thrown into hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this dude threw them into hell <laughs> for like a minute because yeah. he used banishment, um, and. The twins, these who, children have survived way more than children should have survived. Copper, who had the ring of uh, shared, uh, suffering. shared suffering on, took half damage, which still put me at zero. I was still rolling death saving throws. But half of that damage also went to that dude in the sarcophagus. Yes. <laughs> and I think, like, you actually, you said that actually the dude in the sarcophagus, there was a, like, Entire fucking explosion that yeah. went off. There was in the like town. a terrorist attack style explosion <laughs> yeah. in the city. Man, what is with us in terrorists? <laughs> so pale elves, uh, <laughs> racially motivated. So that causes, uh, I think that caused another mutation in copper. One second, hundred and eighty damage because it's not rolled. Oh. 
just flat 180. I want to say yes. Yeah. The drums um, would have been okay. I think we... I like, don't remember the specifics of how we got to it. We were about to go in and start this, like, final section yeah, of the campaign. Yeah, this is literally the yeah. second fight before the last one of the campaign, and we nearly all died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but something this... worse even happened, like, after that, too, because, like, after we had, like, long rested and spent, like, an entire day recuperating from that, we went in... And there was, like, a madness check. Everyone did. I think the twins were one away from failing. No, I think the twins did fail. And Tom Cop- rolled. Yeah, Copper was all already yeah, at yeah. Hat- the bottom. Half failed, too. This was <clears throat> after that, because yeah. I remember this was when Bernie mm-hmm. had been uh, reincarnated. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's, that's when my madness Bernie came. was destroyed by the explosion. Yeah. And then... Uh, Adam reincarnated Yeah, him. okay, yeah. Adam cast reincarnated And then that's when we, we did rolled. the scent. yeah. We rolled yeah. to see what Bernie would become. And he yeah. was a drow. And so Bernie became a drow. And drow a are super elves. hot drow. So, yeah. they're obviously super hot all the time, right? <laughs> so, he's this, like, young, sexy drow. <laughs> I rolled him up as a player character, rolled his stats, and he just had He's still Bernie. He's still Bernie Sandler. And he Bernie still Sandler's has he still has the bronze armor. Yeah, yes, that would form to his body. Yeah, <laughs> like like it was like a uh, he was like Colossus, um, yeah. and so he was like, oh my god, like he's just been upgraded like crazy. Yeah. Then the next madness rolls that happen. <laughs> Everyone fails, or most of us fail. Um, Everyone and, except Celestia. Yeah. And Hath gets a madness. <laughs> that madness is that he falls in love with, like, the first person you see. And the first person that he saw because of our lineup of how we were walking was Bernie. <laughs> yeah. Who was this newly formed, like... I think I just let you pick. Yeah. yeah. I, think I think we think rolled. Yeah. Didn't we? No, I think he let me no, pick. No, I think I rolled. Okay. But anyway, it was... Uh, that was also, at this point... Copper had transformed so much. I had my third third eye <laughs> giving me a total of five. Uh, I had touched a statue which changed my horns into cat ears and a tail. No, no, that was the statue. Oh, it was that the was the book. That was the book. Because I rolled a random book that when you open it and read it, one of the effects is that if you open it and read it, you get cat ears. <laughs> um, and it's weirdly specific. And I had also uh, gotten a madness earlier that was, I believed that I was the center of the universe. That, like, everything... That was an indefinite madness, too, wasn't it? Yeah. All of them were indefinite after this point. Yeah. So when this one hits, you know, you get... You fall in love with Bernie. Uh, It was specifically, like, I think it was, like, uh, you will do anything to be with them or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, And my favorite thing about that... Was that Bernie had still had the orders to go with the children and help them in combat? <laughs> yeah. And so he was always with the children. Has so it's like mm, these children. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I love about the children was that I forget what madness the children actually got. But Tom informed us that if he had rolled like I think one higher, that the children would have gotten the madness of like, oh yeah, uh, you just like. 
realize that the main big bad oh, evil yeah. guy yeah. is just correct and yeah. you're on his side now they would have switched sides that which would have been, been bad. very bad for everyone so else so we're literally walking into the, the final what boss's mad- what room madness? and the madness that copper got was mm. the more serious things oh, get yeah. the less serious <laughs> you take it so that whole fight <laughs> Copper's just like, what's good, guys? Because it's literally the last fight. The world is not ending, but, like, it's about to. And, like, Copper could not care less. I had a insult match with a skeleton. <laughs> there was, um... So, like, what was the madness for the twins? What did they get? I, I don't know. I thought... I think it was something, like, super inconsequential that, like... Yeah. Didn't really affect anything. Yeah. It, w- I w- it was basically just like, you have a madness that's this. Oh, I've just been playing them like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, there was also one moment where we dodged a real big bullet where... Um, a moment. <laughs> e- every, every single, like, one of us had to make a save... And if we didn't, everything would get real sexual. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Because yeah. there was um, like a, uh, uh, like... Well, because that's Grost's thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like a debauchery wave that like the closer we got to him, the yeah. the more that we had to deal with people like... I, I think if I failed that, I'd just go, look, can we say I passed? Cause yeah, because not, children... I'm not going children to... getting involved into this is yeah. not... No, no, no. But like, you know, it starts as just like orgies, you know, uh, yeah. uh, eyes wide shut. Then it slowly moves more into like Hellraiser type stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, but but anyway, the final boss fight was basically a big room where the twins walked up to the bad guy and fought him, and everybody else uh, played around with a room full of skeletons. Yeah. The twins 1v1 to God. Uh, but that, I mean... Frost is just a demon lord. He's not a god. Oh, well. He was a god to him. them, okay? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Especially if they had rolled one higher or lower. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. My, my also... But that's basically, like... Yeah, that's that's that entire campaign. Another another favorite thing that happened in the campaign that was, like, the singular moment that the twins were actually, like, serious and also actually scared for, them, for like, everything oh, was when uh, we finally got into this big, awesome party, and that was, like a side thing that we figured we were doing it was just like get into this weird party uh-huh. and just that's it we wanted to get vibe. into the cool party and vibe <laughs> and that was our goal and we got into the cool party and all this other stuff and we were gonna like make one of our people noble and all that and then Gross showed up basically charmed the entire room including very very powerful spellcasters including yeah. like members of the fey court and shit mm-hmm. and the only person who did not get charmed rolling a natural 20 was the twins and they were just looking around as everyone even their friends and fellow party members yeah. were all charmed and just going along with this guy and they're like what the fuck is happening what the fuck is happening <laughs> and they were super freaked out and um gross is like yeah fuck you just give me this thing and they were like no <laughs> and um i think adam wasn't affected 
But, yeah, I think Adam um, also amazed. Adam yes. quickly got overwhelmed and threw the thing to the children. Mm-hmm. And the children destroyed the thing that Grost wanted and mm-hmm. threw it out a window I and then jumped how we out got the out window. No, I thought it was, I think it was Hath grabbed you and then we broke Oh yeah, Hath broke out of, out of it at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um the children just jumped just out the window that. of this huge fucking gigantic mega tower. That party was at the t- top of the tallest tower. Yeah. In the Skyway Shard. <laughs> yeah. So you're literally about as high up as you can get. We were doing some Coruscant shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was the coolest shit. I loved that. And, like, from that point on, for, like, a while, the twins were just like, oh my fucking god, oh my fucking god, this yeah. is, like, the worst. They were scared. Which would have made it even funnier if they had decided he was right and were on the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, God, I love the twins so much. <laughs> Pretty great. I also like this new character for also a campaign that we're not doing a podcast <laughs> about, where I'm just like, I'm without meaning to have become, I think the unofficial nickname that we have for this character is the Hand of Death. <laughs> He's just so effective at killing things. Yeah. You know, it, th- this is part of the reason that I didn't want to uh, podcast that one, is because I'm sort of changing and evolving what the actual story yeah. is, like the world in it is based on. Yeah. And one of the things that I had already come up with was that, like, necrotic damage and stuff like that, uh, using it is sort of like using the dark side. It kind of pulls you in a little bit, mm. and so you, this is like a fine line because you may accidentally pull through some of the uh, um, uh, bad stuff in there and uh, um, end up possessed or something like that. Oof. So I, uh, I love Pebble so much. <laughs> one of the things I that, love the fact um, that I, I've got so stuff annoying. to do with that stuff that is like part of what I've got planned for the um, big uh, event. For because I, you know, playing around with my other campaign is really just about world building, and so it's mostly just developing and coming up with ideas and what's going to change over time. And yeah, and well, uh, so it's very, very anthropological. So, like, I'm like pulling from all sorts of stuff for world building where I'm sort of using you guys for like, oh, this is a coming of age ceremony type thing, and you know, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, before it gets too late, I do have a couple of user questions. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first one is from Discord user Insolent Boy, who is my boyfriend, Nathan. Gotcha. Uh, he asks, Austin, why are you the femboy in Cabela's? <laughs> <laughs> Little Man. bit of context. Oh, I... Uh, you work at a Cabela's. Yeah, we both work, work at Cabela's. Yeah, me and Chris work at Cabela's. I... Uh, Look feminine. I am from my mom's side. He, yeah, he has I, long hair. Uh, it's like dyed and shit. So yeah. people commonly think he's a girl. I totally embrace to it too. I think, yeah, I think I've just, I think I've just seen your face too much because, like, when I look at you, I don't think you look feminine. Like, part of it is probably the masks, but also just people see, yeah. oh, long hair, dyed, <laughs> must be a girl. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Is one, this a girl? The fucking Evangelion time, meme? <laughs> yeah. One time I saw you out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, who's that girl? It's more Austin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like I don't try to not be a femboy. I'm totally, I totally do. Uh, 
I cosplay Gerudo Link. Yeah. I cosplay Nyanas. I have other cosplays I'm going to do and shit. I have pink stuff. All that. But, um... Yeah, I actually have... Pink hat right now, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, why this... he men- that's why he mentioned he has pink stuff. Yeah, I literally got this yesterday at Brookfield Zoo. It's nice. Sick. I noticed it said zoo on it, but I, I, I'm a little bit too far away to read the rest of it. Yeah, because you're blind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. But, um... Little known you should be fact... more like Copper, with five eyes. <laughs> yeah, little yeah. known fact, I've been blind this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Like, I literally have a little, like, a little book that I write in when I'm bored at work. And there's, like, a section of that book that I have just tally marks in that is just times people think I'm a girl and call me a girl and stuff like that. And it's pretty up there. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, like, the amount of people that come in and I'll just do an entire transaction with them. Like, they'll be like, oh, hello, miss. How are you today? And I'm like, good. Whatever. (laughs) And I, I'll do a whole transaction with them. It's like a two-minute thing, and they'll be talking with me the whole time. They'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm all right. How are you? I'm like, I'm okay. And they're like, well, ma'am, you have a nice day. And they'll leave. And I'm like, I will. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. you've got enough tally marks on there of that, those things happening that it's not worth it to try to explain. Oh, yeah. No, it's <laughs> totally not worth it to try and explain. I don't really care anyway, yeah. but I think the funniest the funniest tally marks that I ever add into there are little kids that are standing there and they'll look <laughs> at me and, like, they'll be staring at me. And, like, when a little kid's about to ask you if you're a boy or a girl, they have, like, this little glint oh, in their eye. Yeah, like the aura that comes yeah. out of just, like, It's like when know. a customer walks in with the look and you <laughs> yes. know, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna ask for a manager yeah. or some shit. But, like, they're like, are you a girl? And then the parent just, like, grabs by chest, pulls, and goes, oh, my God, and leaves <laughs> immediately. I had, like, a lady that forgot her bag of stuff and did not come back for it. Oh, all right. <laughs> Guess that's mine now. <laughs> Guess it's this lady's uh, stuff now. Uh, yeah, uh, one other question. Uh, this one is about, uh, actually, the game. Uh, yeah. So this is from uh, Discord user Galaxieve. Uh She asks, what do you guys enjoy the most about playing your characters? Uh, I don't have an answer for this yet, so who wants to start? <laughs> I love Nade. I lo- fucking love Nade so much. I think I've, I put like all my heart and soul into a character when I create it. And I'm like, what's this character going to do? What's their ideals and all this shit? And Nade... I was like, I just want a big, tough orc lady that doesn't take shit, is very loud, and, like, is used to just being in charge and all that shit and won't take fucking shit from anybody. But, um, also, as, uh, brought up by one of my friends that also listens to the podcast, she has a soft spot for cute girls, (laughs) which, uh... Fish. Fish is. And um, I keep playing her like, damn, that is cute. (laughs) And Fish has done things multiple times where Nade just kind of like shuts down a minute because like I'm trying to embody the character and I'm like, I don't know what I'd say. Um, um, quickly break something. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly, just 
uh, progress. It's my choice to agree with you. Let's move on. Let's go fight the thing. I think, like, the biggest one was, um, like, I want to get armored. This fucking dude is stabbing me with a machete, and I don't, I have, like, a Apple product gun. This is awful. I, can I at least have some armor? And Fish is like, well, I'm not scared to fight this person. Well, are you a pussy? And they just, like, inner monologue going, Oh, fuck, that's hot. Damn it. Wait, hold on. I'm not a pussy. Da- she can't think I'm a pussy. What? No, I can't. I'm not a pussy. I'll go fight that thing right now. You think I'm scared? Uh, the best thing about playing Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a lie. My favorite, th- my favorite thing to RP is the little robots that are in the I ship. love the little robots. Because there's, they can't talk, and I have to, like, mime... Yeah. Or I want to do that more, but I can't because yeah. it's an audio podcast. But I love how like tired they all are. Yeah. Um like I li- the way I imagine them is I imagine them as like little like almost like Lego men to an yeah. extent. Like they're they they they're all like uh futuristic looking and everything, but they also have like this leech on them to the, <laughs> to the ship. Uh yeah, like, a hunter is, you know, more or less <clears throat> just a a regular type of... Normal is probably the, the word <clears throat> I would use to yeah. describe him. Also, I think I should put this in there. For anybody that's shipping fish and nade, there's <laughs> nothing I don't think that will officially go on. I, I'll, because... I'll mention fish is uh, uh, into specifically other... Uh, Kasasa. Wow. Uh, I remember what the race is called. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, 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 specifically Kasatha men, but um, is too dumb to actually figure out that, like, with no memories and only, like, a general, like, since she has lost her memory, she has not seen an image of a Kasatha man. So isn't thinking about that at <laughs> all. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about fish, and this is my fish favorite. Fish is just thing. too busy being a badass. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that my favorite thing about fish is the fact that I started off playing as like afraid of everything and stuff yeah. like that. Fish is a psychopathic battle junkie. Um, <laughs> fish now that she has her swords and gun and shield, is willing to jump into anything and just hack and slash away. Um, uh, you know, without the memories, Fish was not aware of it, but now getting back into it is just like, let's just kill everything. Um, Which Nate will happily agree with, and even more so be like, damn, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, but fish is, you know, it's funny. I, I told this to Travis when I first made fish is that the whole time, no matter what, I'm putting more points into piloting every level because fish is a pilot. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the thing behind, uh, fish. But the idea behind the character was always, this is kind of a monk like character, but taken to a different like yeah. extent. Um, this is something that I, I kind of 
I'm glad that it is showing up as a uh, a thing with all of you. Uh, I'm really glad that I think it was like episode two or whatever, Austin, you had mentioned it. But like all of you, you guys have characters. Like they're fully fleshed out. They they did things. Mm-hmm. They know things. Um, but as of losing all of your memories, you're basically someone new. Um, like you have the full opportunity to to do anything else. And every time you guys level up, that is more or less your body getting more and more used to doing the things that you knew how yeah. to do. Um, yeah, just as of note, one thing that I wanted to mention about Fish is that Fish is a sociopath. <laughs> um, Fish does not care about any of the, uh, of the other characters, but is very good at playing up, you know, being a real person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But part of the battle junkie thing is kind of like, as I'm leveling up, like you're mentioning and stuff yeah. like that, and using that to formulate my character, the choices that I'm making are meant to reflect fish growing in this like uninhibited state of not having mm-hmm. memories of having learned to work function in a society, but I'm building the character here from a state of nothing. And it's that mm-hmm. blank slate yeah. like you're talking about. Fish, as a blank slate, when it comes to, is survival-oriented. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of the things of playing a character like this that's kind of interesting is that uh, <clears throat> the... Uh, um, the everyone is a uh, potential threat and or a potential asset mm-hmm. to fish and um yeah even even the name i forget why i went with like originally i've edited it out of the original uh stuff just because it we forgot when we did it the first time but when fish first chose a name it was just going to be quirt yeah. qwert you know first few letters on the keyboard because mm-hmm. identity and names aren't really a thing for fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was something was I wanted to provide mm-hmm. like uh, Chris uh, and Austin, you guys kind of had your names like right from the get go. Mm-hmm. You knew what you were going to call your, yeah. your characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to provide at the very least like an option for everybody to get a name without having to think about one. So, mm-hmm. you know, Ace has the Ace on his arm. Mm-hmm. The, the suit that you woke up in, yeah, Tom, right. has a name on it. Um, yeah. There there were things for you guys to look into that did have names, but you guys kind of already knew what you wanted to call your character, yeah. so I wasn't too worried about it. <laughs> also, I think the only thing I knew um, was that alcohol I had. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Alcoholic. <laughs> uh, I'm alcoholic. But yeah, like, so like your guys' memory. I'm alcoholic. Uh, this might be a good opportunity to to uh, clarify this, but like, so your guys' memory loss is more like um, rather than losing absolutely everything, it's more like someone or something has taken whiteout to specific things about who you are. So like functioning things. Yeah. All are still there. Yeah, that's kind of what I got. But, like, anything that would be solely defining to who you are is gone. Um, Yeah. So, what about the most important guy? (laughs) Well... How do you feel about your character so far? To 
put a preface on this. I we I've said this off podcast as well. Um, as someone who hasn't played a ton of tabletop, I have difficulty role playing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, with Path, both in the campaign I did years ago and the campaign with you guys, he was just kind of there. Um, techno is sort of the same, but what I've been enjoying about Techno is the whole thing he has going on with Ace. It gives me something a little more to play off of. The real Ace. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the real Ace. Uh, it gives me a little bit more to play off of and how that dynamic has been going. Yeah, I've been... When you described Techno to me, you kind of described him as a Data-like yeah. character. Yeah, that was always and my uh, envision for the character. I think the, one of the, the best things about Data as a character is the fact that as the show goes along, he gets more and more human. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that you're playing him so robotically, especially compared to Hunter, who is so, like I said, yeah, normal, he's just like a person. <laughs> um, like it makes that stand out, and that what would initially be like a weird thing is like, okay, that's a character trait. That's something yeah. that's interesting, and you can build off of that. And yeah, as you my... get more comfortable with doing role playing with yeah. this character, that has an immediate effect not only in gameplay but also in story yeah that's kind of my idea that i would play it in a way that makes sense for the story and allows me to build off of it yeah uh where basically he feels disconnected from his organic side Mm -hmm. um yeah that's always the kind of thing i had planned for it what i like about nade is that um i don't have her trusting anyone Mm mm-hmm and um slowly i love that all of you guys are like i don't trust anybody <laughs> yeah yet i yet, like well technically you're bunking like, together right. uh-huh. you're never out of each other's sight like, but slowly like with these four people nate mm-hmm. is like all right i can trust these people and like she's slowly growing, growing attached to them whereas in the very beginning she's like who the fuck are you i'll kill <laughs> yeah, you yeah. like we if oh, i'm so were... mad yet so happy that you like the first thing that you see you break (laughs) yeah the two there were two instances in this campaign well technically three that if nade would have had some type of information that totally could have been available to her if she had done specific things if she had information she would have killed or attempted to kill another party member because that she can't trust that and that's super that like how could i how could that not be an enemy like if she knew about uh if she had read the message Mm -hmm. about ace Ace. she would have killed ace yeah (laughs) immediately um if she had figured anything out about um the real ace in uh techno's head (laughs) Mm -hmm. she would have killed techno's eyes are just darting back and Um, forth yeah (laughs) it's a big sweat drop (laughs) if shit if shit had gone down a different way with fish she would have killed fish. Yeah. That's okay. So one of the first things I did after coming up with the concept, the first thing I did was I asked myself, what are the contingencies? <laughs> okay. What is the extremes here? All right. What happens if all of them kill each other? <laughs> what happens if Austin blows a hole in the side of the ship? <laughs> like, a, that's a very yeah, distinct those possibility. Are, those are all things like, there's other stuff like, okay, what if somebody does this? What if somebody does that? Like, I, the first thing I thought of was, what are the big extreme contingencies to deal with? So if any of you die or kill each other or if something catastrophic happens, there are, you know, 
The campaign's not ruined. Yeah. It's not over. Um, I do have a question for you guys. Uh, and this I'm, I'm super curious about. What do you guys think is happening? I have no fucking idea, and I'm trying... Like, I'll think about it and try to figure it out, but, like, I won't think on it too hard because mm-hmm. I'm trying to, like, still emulate Nade. Yeah. yeah. And if I have a certain thing that I'm like, this is definitely happening, then uh, it kind of ruins it a little bit for my thought process is Nade. Yeah. There will be an expedition uh, exposition dump um, uh, before the final boss. Mm-hmm. Just so everything makes sense. Um, because I, I do know that, like, in my head, things are, like, I, I can connect the dots and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm looking at everything. Yeah. Big picture and stuff like that. So, it's difficult for me to un- to know how much you guys yeah. know. I'm, I I'm pretty... So, like, if you just had to throw anything out there, <clears throat> what would you say is happening? Okay, so... What I have, I don't think about it too much, but what yeah. I have is that basically there was some unrest between, like, the classes, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's where the whole terrorism thing comes in, and yeah. Ace. I definitely... And I'm not entirely sure what happened here, but something happened, and I think that's what probably caused the blackout. What I'm, that's about basically all I have. What I'm thinking at the moment is that um, there's this ship, and the ship weirdly was like, hey, come on, and we have class systems and shit. And really, it was, like, the upper class and, like, scientists and shit getting a bunch of, you know, lower class loser fucks to Mm -hmm. commit experiments and shit on. And that we're not really bad guys. That uh, Ace or whatever is like, hey, this is shitty, and he's more like kind of a Deadpool-type character. And he's like, I gotta get a bunch of terrorists together to stop this and things have gone horribly wrong Tom um I think that uh this is uh purgatory and uh if you <laughs> enter the number 4 <laughs> oh my 15, God. 16 23 42 into the ship's computer soon enough that we're all gonna die uh anyone get the reference no I do no I'm glad you did. It's Lost. <laughs> no. No, uh, I've never seen Lost. So. Uh, Maybe so, good. Lost so, isn't that bad. Okay, so basically, I've got a couple theories about specific things. Mm-hmm. I don't have an overarching... Hit me with oh, them. This is what's going on. Hit me with them. First off, I think we've probably got nanites in, our, in us. Uh, and okay. That we've been uh, constructed. Um, okay. I don't feel like we are who we think we are exactly. I think we're some sort of like substitutes or something either magically or clones. Something like that. Um, That's just an impression I got. Uh, That's, you know, a possibility. Uh, Other possibility, I mean, I get the feeling that Jesse's character, at least, who we're calling Ace, is clearly not Ace. Yeah. is the guy from Memento. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) tattooed ace on his arm so he would remember which implies that he knew that we were going to lose our memories yeah uh, he's the, the police officer that they were talking about so the, clearly uh our ace knew something about my ace yes um you were working for the ace in his head yeah um you made a deal with him 
and you're his escape pod to avoid this yeah. whole situation. And uh, yeah, so likely Rat they were closing in on him, and then yeah, that's when uh, we did that. Uh, Master Splinter is headed for uh, <laughs> is trying to hunt down the ace in your head, and I'm normally I'm just someone on the ship who got caught up in the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's my guess. I'm, so um, the thing about all this is that I the next time that we're like resting and sleeping and mm-hmm. stuff, um, like forced sleep or, or normal or just like sleep. normal. Okay, uh, Nade is going to like sit down and start like writing shit down and like trying to figure out what the fuck is happening and um she's going to try and get information out of everybody like lay it all out for herself yeah she's going to go to you know fish and ace and techno and be like tell me exactly what happened in your memories because it's kind of weird that in universe we haven't really done that yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean we've just kind of talked yeah. well no like bit. every, every day should... you guys meet up yeah i mean we or meet up and we have dreams you're all like hey this is what i yeah, this no, is what happened we definitely do that but we haven't like laid it all out yeah you know but then again there's a We've perfectly got... valid reason for that because you we're guys are up again yeah you're on a timer yeah i guess we're yeah we're, we're... something is going on with the engine and the last thing we've that already happens agreed. The ship is pretty catastrophic scene. we've already agreed that nothing before matters we're That's only worried true. about survival mm-hmm. yeah um but that was before nade we knew we might be nade <laughs> in universe thinks that the four of us are related somehow and the best explanation that she has is that we were all recruited by, like, the same mm-hmm. terrorist person to go do this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And to do some sort of job on To the, do some sort the, of job on the ship. The and <laughs> judging by what Fish has told her, she thinks that terrorist guy. Terrorist guy um, has recruited her from childhood and she's like a protege of him mm-hmm. this is what she thinks yeah and that um he was really a good guy with that does good things but doing bad things yeah i but, did kind of when, when explaining a little bit of like your guys's uh backstories i did kind of leave it vague because i do want you guys to kind of fill that gap yeah. in yourself yeah she like in nade's head she's like the protege of this guy marked as a terrorist but mm-hmm. all his intentions are good yeah and he's going on to this ship for whatever reason and um just reading by what fish has said um it's probably because they were doing some awful fucking experiments on yeah. people here and fish didn't like that so he recruited fish um yeah this cop that's an idea that fish has uh, purposely done specifically so that you, you know, your characters will uh think oh fish is probably on our side when fish has no doesn't <laughs> doesn't think at all that that's the case fish thinks that she's an ordinary citizen god if fish ever betrays nade nade will fucking try <sighs> to kill her so hard if fish ever betrays nade um most He'll... likely nade will not know yeah because nade yeah. will be dead before probably aware that's that's uh, so but like yeah. oh god really... Nate fell out of airlock yeah <laughs> the, the thing yeah. about it too is that so she fully trusts fish at the yeah. moment she thinks mm-hmm. that we're on the same side we know the same person it's we're, the person you've literally on... spent the most time with yeah. and yeah. have had the most positive experiences with yeah also i think she's cute and um 
And but also, and she doesn't enough, run away in her sleep. If fish were smart <laughs> enough that's a, yeah, to... That's a, <laughs> that's, that sounds way creepy. <laughs> if fish were smart enough to realize that, fish would abuse that. But, yeah. Um, but also, that leaves these two fuckers <laughs> who are like off on their own. And we know that this guy, cop... I have a message where I'm supposed to kill a cop. Yeah. Uh, and Nate doesn't really the adversary. Nate doesn't know how to take that because he's with us and yeah. like he, he lost the memory too. Negative. And the only other person, like everyone else, is good, except him. So he might also be good, but he's right now Ace is on the bottom tier of people she trusts. <laughs> I will say this. Because, I mean, Jesse's not here, so I can say this. <clears throat> Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> if he does, don't listen to what I'm about to say, Jesse. Uh, but, like, I've could, like a lot of things have been confirmed for all of you. One thing that has not been confirmed is that Ace is a cop. Yeah. All, <clears throat> the only thing that, that uh, uh, has any sort of connection there is <clears throat> that Ace had a, an emotional reaction to the name Willis, and the drone belonged to a cop who was named Willis. Um, and, I mean, as of right now, he's already kind of wrong about his name. <laughs> That's uh, true. With, um, with techno... Well, I mean, it's your your name or the person you're chasing after. It's an easy mistake. Anyone can yeah, make it. Yeah, yeah. With techno, <laughs> it's like fucking Schrodinger's cat. With Nade, because um, we're really Nade, referencing that we, a lot today. Yeah. When when Nade can see him, <laughs> he's trustworthy. Okay, but like, so in Nade's mind right now, there's been a lot of fucking sketchy shit with yeah. techno. There's shit he's not saying. There's shit he's not yeah. telling us. Is not aware of. There's either stuff, on yeah, purpose there's stuff that he's or done not. Where on it's purpose. like he's not involved. Like yeah. when you guys got uh, um, shit suspicious with him. And Nade at the moment is it, thinking but... one, he's working against us and is the cause of like our uh, impairment mm-hmm. and accidentally got caught in it himself. Which would put him very bottom tier, yeah. just a little bit above uh, Ace, um, very bottom tier on the trust mm-hmm. list. But it also might put him very high up, like just underneath Fish, because he might be super sketchy and dodging everything and not like telling us everything because he's the mentor. So, so that... it's like what, him and Hunter are like swapped on your tier <laughs> list? Uh, um, this is only the crew member tier You just list. have, like, you have, like... <laughs> so, so there is no position for okay. him. I'm it's, just imagining... Because you're saying it's either Hunter... just above Ace or below Fish. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same it's spot. The same I'm spot. imagining he has, like, the <laughs> it's, board. It's the same spot, except that different levels of that spot. That's Nade talk right there. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine Nade just has, like, four different billboards of, like, things <laughs> scribbled together. Like, okay, this is... Techno could be that. Techno could be this. Hunter could be this. Hunter could be that. <laughs> yeah. Hunter, she thinks that, like, he might be sketchy. Oh, God, they're all equally... If it comes down to it, she'll just punch him, and that's the end of that problem. <laughs> uh, with, um, with Techno, there's one of two ways she's going to swing very hard, and I'm going to do this in, like, the upcoming episodes, where either she just goes fully does not trust him, 
thinks that he's like actively trying to work against them Mm -hmm. and bad things might come of that but there's also the other way she might swing depending on what happens where she will start fully believing that he is the mentor that had like <laughs> taught her for I so long. I am the captain now. <laughs> and um, is just trying to conceal that fact from Ace or whoever else is on the ship that could be working against them and like really go into trusting him. Yeah. So the the one commonality that you wouldn't I guess remember from the the dreams that you had was the fact that the way that his eyes were mm-hmm. um Techno doesn't have that. His eyes aren't punched through or anything like that. Um, but uh, speaking of Ace, in Techno's Ace... Case. Uh, uh, <clears throat> he is not Johnny Silverhand. <laughs> yes, for the love of God. Okay, so Ace, I made, the, I made all that before Cyberpunk released. Before, yeah. like... I, I you know all the Jonas knows you're a beta tester of it, Travis. I was like, okay, cool, man. Uh, uh, I've got this whole idea, and then like, it was literally the week before you got <laughs> like Ace got revealed. Cyberpunk comes out, and I play it, and I'm like, oh my god, Johnny Silverhand is Ace. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, and I I knew exactly. I just got handed a cookie. I knew exactly what it was going to be. It was like, as soon as Ace gets revealed, Whoa. everybody's immediately gonna go, oh, just like Johnny Silverhand. <laughs> no, it's not like Johnny Silverhand. It took us... We're stupid, so it took us a few episodes to get there. It took uh, me until I started visually seeing him. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this yeah. is Johnny Silverhand. Um, also, another little uh, thing. The machete that went into the, the view port that's gonna stay there forever that's i kind of that's never coming out i'm thinking about like so there's definitely coming up spoiler alert everyone <laughs> coming up there's going to be a confrontation between uh nade and techno based off of all the information that she's mm-hmm. going to gather and like do this off of um i'm i'm gonna say uh it's probably going to hang real hard on exactly what Ace tells her about his memories. Yeah. Okay. Because if she knows that um, this entity that he's hunting can swap bodies mm-hmm. and like just hide out in people and take people over, that will explain everything. And she will trust Techno. If that's not explained to her and Techno? she thinks that he's just fucking around, that's going to leave a lot of, like, gaps. Uh, Techno's kind of been expecting this anyway, because whenever questions come up, or like, hey, we got these cool memories, he just kind of, like, sidesteps it. Yeah. So he's kind of expecting That's something I was like, alright, you're either... Yeah. Yeah. You're either going to completely shut down and not tell anybody anything, because obviously you've been threatened to not do that. Or, I I was like, or you're going to try and find some way to infer something to maybe try and get it past Ace. I also can't uh, wait to hear what Johnny Silverhand Ace has <laughs> to oh, say. my god. I'm starting referring just, to him as that I, every time just to piss crap no. I can't wait for this whole convert- confrontation between uh, Nade and Techno, because I specifically want to know what uh 
Johnny Silverhand Ace is going to say during that confrontation, like, is he just gonna, like, let Nate in? Is he actually her mentor, or is he not her mentor and he's just gonna lie to her to gain trust? Or what's gonna happen? Yeah. <laughs> um... Well, also, you guys are still, like, in the thick of it right now. Yeah. yeah. You're midway through running away from, like, a horde of these uh, uh, zombie dog things. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry the for Akata. a really bad place to have a cliffhanger, guys. The Akata, it'll be a while. Uh, the second you were like, oh, yeah, there's these dogs, and they have, like, weird tentacles on them, and they have, like, weird, sharp, weird teeth, and I'm like, oh, my fucking God, <laughs> we're all going to get void death. <laughs> They're not hard to kill, though. I know they're yeah. not hard to kill. I've killed a lot of them in the different campaign module, but, like, the lingering threat of Void Death is awful. And it, it takes, like... It takes a while for them to wake up after they've cocooned themselves. Yeah. Um. So, like, as you guys were sneaking through, like, making all this noise and everything like that... <laughs> They're death. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> they smell living creatures. So literally, you just walking by, they being alive, movement. Uh, was what was going to set them off. But it just takes a while for them to actually crack open. <laughs> so it may have been actually better to move faster. <laughs> but you I guys just didn't like know that. You guys moved with the information that you had. Yeah. I just liked the super tense moment of everybody, like, in a half circle around Nade shooting these dogs as they run over, and Nade just, like, the, just, the, like, using her I, laser axe as, like, a the saw. idea of the visual of, like, this pitch black forest uh -huh. with just this small little circle of light. Or not small, but, like, this radius of light, and, like, you're burning your way into this carapace with this, like, laser sword. Because, I mean... If you've not sword this axe, which yeah. it's on the cover of the Starfinder book, mm -hmm. um, it's literally like these jets. Yeah, like it's like blowtorches. So you're basically blowtorching your way in, and the way I envisioned it was like everybody has their back to you, and your back is to them, yeah. and you're burning your way through. And then when Fish was like, "I'm gonna help," I was like, "Oh my god, that's gonna remove the light." And so when you when you did that. I was, like, in my head, that's just such an awesome visual of just, like, okay, it's just black. You've got, like, ten, like maybe ten feet of light, this red light coming off of this thing. And then getting, like, these lightning flashes of sunlight. Yeah. Uh, and, like, you know, that is, if you've been in a forest in the middle of the night with a flashlight, like, you know what that looks like. Just seeing that is kind of a terrifying thing. Yeah. I loved... The fucking atmosphere for that part yeah, was, that was amazing. Cool. I uh, don't know why. Um, and you got so lucky. <laughs> okay, so you made... Th I'm sorry for interrupting you. You made three uh, medicine checks. The yeah. first one was to find the stomach. Yes. <laughs> when you found the stomach um, on your second one, the next one was to see if it was in that... Like, if you had rolled poorly on that medicine check, it would have been in a different creature. <laughs> oh, and you would have had to start over again. I was fully expecting to. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, it's purely up to the dice, and it's purely in your hands of whether or not you find it. And then you that's the highest you roll on your medicine check. And I'm yeah. like, all right, you find it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I, one of the things that I, you know, like, as I said earlier, I really love doing scary stuff um, and, like, tense stuff. Uh, I also really love, like, giving 
a really strong implication that you should run. Uh, like, it, it, that entire thing was the, the psycho killer, uh, uh, serial killer dude. That was his, the entire point, was that you really yeah. couldn't fight yeah. him. The whole thing with Nade is, I get the vibes. I get the vibes you put down, I do, trust yeah. me. But Nade would not Nade run. Not the type to run. The, the entire party has and, to be and, the ones that say and that we're is going. Perfect. Yeah, that is perfectly that is perfectly fine. That's that's kind of why I love the way that the things have turned out the way they have. Uh, but yeah, like so, you guys are are yeah still like not even halfway through your way out. Yeah. Um and like the whole ship, something's going on with the ship. Everything's like shut down and it's on emergency power. There's noises happening outside yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, uh, something that I think it's easy to forget is just you guys are just in space. Yeah. yeah. It's not like the ship, like nothing's happening. So anything could be going on, and you don't have control over the ship. Uh, Morakata. Yeah. Uh, like you could run into literally anything, and you'd have zero. Oh God, we drove into an iceberg. I, I, yeah, <laughs> there's an like, iceberg. There's like this one thing. There's this yeah. one thing also from the module that I'm running mm-hmm. for a different campaign for Starfinder. Uh, it's uh, part one of Dead Suns. There's the big final boss monster is called like the Garagacol. Okay. And basically this thing is like, oh yeah, he vibes in the void and like just kind of chills mm-hmm. forever <laughs> and he just sucks up the void energy and that's how he lives unless like he gets thrown out into like actual real space and all mm-hmm. that or a ship hits him or something in which case he's thrown out of that where he can't absorb the void energy and he has to hunt and he like kills yeah. stuff and eats it uh, for so energy. So I, I build... If you guys want to spoil yourselves on the campaign, uh, using what you know, uh, like the events that have happened, you could probably figure out what the final boss is if you look through the monster manuals. Because which I'm purposely not doing. Yeah, I I build a lot of my encounters like purely, and I say encounters, but I mean like full set pieces thing like purely off of one type of thing that i find in the monster manual um the only time i've ever like completely homebrewed something has been the serial killer dude and that's because he's not really supposed to play by the rules Mm -hmm. um the other thing that that's kind of implying uh um and and i don't i i personally feel like i didn't do a good job of uh portraying this but that basically has nothing to do with anything. That's that, just an example of, like, there's weird stuff out there. Yeah, I yeah. kind of got that vibe. Because yeah, like, it was like, just kind of this box that they Yeah, at up. the beginning, that's what I was like, yeah, like, when you guys find reports about it, it was just a box that they found floating in space. And that's weird, and there's weird stuff out in space. Because, like, the whole setting of the area is, like, you guys are out there. Like you're yeah. in the infinite expanse of the universe, you guys are in the boonies. Yeah. Uh, I, I so like planets that will eventually be found and stuff like that are gonna have weird stuff on them. There's more much more homebrew things. Planets are going to work in weird ways. Yeah. Um I don't want a planet with arms. 
What does that mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> me too, Travis. So, so, uh, let me let me real quick. I don't know how much how, how we are on time at the moment, but we've been going for two hours and fifty minutes. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll I'll just quickly end this with a. Uh, um, so the way that we're doing, we're doing the way that we're doing these uh, uh, campaigns and everything like that. Um, we're doing it in seasons. Yes. So uh, we're just like uh, we're like two episodes now past half the halfway point of season one of the Eternity uh, uh, stuff. Roughly. Yeah, roughly, more or less. Depends on how quickly things move along. Yeah. yeah. But like, uh, uh, I kill Ace. Oh, campaign's over. <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> um, I have things. Uh, Remember that time when we all suggested we just kill ourselves and that would end the campaign? <laughs> I mean, it uh, would. So, you all so, wake up in hell. <laughs> yeah. So, when, uh, when the first season of this ends, we are going to swap over to playing uh, Curse of Strahd. Yeah. Because uh, you all wanted it. DMing. Yeah, this was... You guys wanted this. Yeah, user requested, um, and we also were super interested, because uh, Van Richter's Guide to yeah. Ravenloft is coming out soon. And hopefully, if and everything goes sw- you know smoothly, it should be coming out before we start up that campaign. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're going to do a season of that, and then we'll switch back to Starfinder and continue with Season 2. And then with Season 3, we... Potentially, we'll finish off the, the Ravenloft stuff, or even the you know depends on how long it goes. Basically, we're going to be going back from Five E and Starfinder, or Sci Fi and Fantasy, just so we're not burnt out. Yeah, and just so nobody else gets burnt out on this one thing, you know. And also, that means that we have a new jumping on point for uh, new yeah. listeners as well. Yeah. Does um, anybody uh, does anybody have character ideas for what yes. they're doing in Ravenloft? Um. I know Travis talked about a dampier. Uh, yeah. I kind of want to do something like that too. So I uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and take the setting and everything. I'm gonna try and play it serious. Like we normally yeah. when we play, it's super like. I think they know the vibe. Yeah, by now. copper pebble. <laughs> these kinds of characters are all you know more or less tongue in cheek. But uh, I'm going to make a dampier character. Uh, I'm going to go full edgy. Yeah. And I'm going to actually try and make a serious character and play the campaign seriously. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be playing as a vampire lord named uh, Strahd von Zerovich. So. <laughs> <laughs> what an original concept. Yeah. Uh, uh, before anybody jumps to the conclusion, no, uh, I'm not playing Alucard. Except for, the, <laughs> except for the fact that, yes, I'm totally playing Alucard. Uh, uh, I'm not Strahd's son. <laughs> I'm not playing... <laughs> but uh, the idea, the, the core concept of the character is that I'm going to base him off of Griffith from Berserk. Uh, so that's kind of like... the Visually, that's what he's going to look like, as well as um, uh, uh, like play-wise, that's how I'm going to try and uh, portray him. Uh, I have not picked a class yet, I just know what race, and, uh, like, that's it, really. Okay. I haven't really formed my character entirely. I've had ideas swirling around, but basically what I have is a Dampier Sorcerer, uh, basically just because 
I wanted to play those. We should like, all I wanted... play Danzir. Yeah. No, I, I, we're not doing that. sick, though. We're I not really doing it again. Play... We're not doing Warlock Quest. <laughs> I've never we played a vampire. We can multi-class into something else. Well, multi-race. <laughs> yeah, multi-race. I really wanted to play something like that. And I wanted hey, to play Sorcerer, so I was like, why not? I think so... it would be sick if you, if, like... The, the, I'm just throwing this out there as, like, an idea, not a suggestion, necessarily. Yeah. But, like, I think it would be sick to have, like, two... Okay, Dampier, yeah. But, like, they're different kinds of vampire. Like, uh, you know how... An extreme example here, like, you've got, like, the European Dracula, Bram Stoker type of yeah. vampire. And then you've also got, like, the Chinese... Zhengxi. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, jumping vampires. And then there's also the, like... Uh, the Celtic Scottish mm. kings and stuff yeah. like that and like the, the more like siren-y type of, of vampires and stuff like that um, I believe there were some like Egyptian types uh, as well like maybe like <clears throat> I think that would be a cool idea of that would be pretty two, cool two types of characters that are the same race but they're different like versions yeah almost. based on different <laughs> and, and again lore. I'm not po- posting yeah. a suggestion I'm just saying that I, I think, think, think that's would a be cool, cool idea. Uh, as far as actually implementing it, I don't know how I would do it. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think... Um, what I have considered for my character is that he is sort of a Blade-type character where he is kind of, like, sickened by his uh, heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just kind of a Monster Hunter-type deal. So that's where Strahd comes into it, I guess. I guess another uh, big question would be how... Are we doing the, the normal start of, like, being drawn to... As as far as I'm considering, yes. I'm going to play it as straight as possible. Obviously, we haven't read the books. Um, we don't know if that may be the, yeah. the new book. Strahd... Uh, not Strahd... Uh, Van Richten's guy might have some more stuff yeah. and options yeah. for that yeah. sort of thing. But <clears throat> as far as I'm planning right now... You're all going to get a letter inviting you to uh, um, Barovia, and okay. it'll be from the Burgermeister. Uh, okay, okay. Burgermeister. <laughs> <laughs> I have never it'll played all, Curse of Strahd. It'll so be from the Hamburglar. Yes, you have played Curse of Strahd. No, I have. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't count. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. My character, I already know what I want to go with. Yeah, I, you told me about this. Yeah. I, um, I have this mini that's from when I played in college, because I bought one there, and I lost the arm for this mini, and I just decided, eh, fuck it, I'll stick a skeleton arm with the sword on there. But it looked real badass <laughs> when I did that. And I was like, this gives me an idea. And I want to play as a revenant, um, okay. an eldritch knight revenant. This is not what I thought you were playing. I thought you were going to be playing a druid. No. I. This is a... This druid I'm playing in a different campaign for other. Yeah, people. yeah, 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 yeah. Austin plays a lot of games. <laughs> I play a lot of games. I fucking love D and D. So I am. So I'm going to be an eldritch knight revenant, and my whole background is that my character is will have been like a princess that was mm-hmm. about to take the throne and become queen. Gotcha. And during this coronation and all that, there was a coup. And she was killed during that. And um, most of the royal family killed off or gone into hiding. And her purpose as a revenant is to, A, make sure that the surviving family members, her bloodline is back on the throne 
that's like the thing mm-hmm. that has to happen for her to be laid to rest, or the bloodline that took over must be destroyed. I love the fact that all three of our characters are like Halloweeny, spooky. Yeah, yeah. So I love dead. it. Yeah. yeah, yes, I yeah. love it. Jesse's gonna come in here as a necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be sick. <laughs> or, or he could. He Gold could, dragonborn paladin. <laughs> yeah, like legitimately, I'm thinking just because I know him, I. Th- think he might like end up playing a cleric or something like that um he he really likes clerics um clerics are scary he likes clerics he likes monks well Um, but he's developed he's trying to develop as a role player more yeah he's like we talk about bard seduce strahd (laughs) dude oh i like i said i haven't picked a class yet man i have not played a bard with you guys Bard is my favorite class. Uh-huh. I'm pretty uh, bummed, because the only time I've played a bard uh, was for this campaign I'm doing in my server, and it kind of fell off because of, like, scheduling and mm-hmm. shit. We're trying to get it up and going again soon, but we'll see. You can tell that I that I play, like, uh, that I love bard, because I truly and wholly believe that bard can do everything. Yeah. And they can do everything not worse than anyone else. They can do it just as good, if not better. <laughs> I fully believe that you are a bard guy, but just because of stuff like the uh, the whole thing with the sword of waves. Yeah, that very that you know, charismatic thing. thing. Yeah, that's yes. a very bard thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, whenever when I played Fallout, like every Fallout, when I play them for the first time, I dump everything into charisma yeah whenever i I, whenever a game has like a persuasion stat or something i always dump so much into it i love the idea of playing somebody who is just so good with people skills that like they're not the smartest person in the world they're not the strongest but they're just so good at talking and like just saying anything that like it's to me it's like the ultimate creative yeah. type of character where it's like any of any shortcoming a bard has they have all of the abilities to like bullshit their way to victory yeah in every possible scenario having high like charisma and persuasion <clears throat> skills i feel like brings a lot of things to the table that would not Mm-hmm. happen necessarily and brings about a lot of interesting things it, it largely depends on your dm in a lot of ways though yeah. because if your dm can't like there's a running running joke in the D community of diplomacy that you can just talk the villain because you get good roles yeah of, uh, yeah you know you can charisma check everything to make whatever you want happen and there i've played with people who were very much like well why can't i just uh, i just want to persuade him so i, I want to roll persuade him and it's like, you gotta have an actual argument. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, some DMs will play it like it's just a numbers game. Yeah. But with charisma checks and uh, persuasion and stuff like that, you really have to... It's it's like when I tried to break into... Not break into, just sneak onto the uh, fancy cart in the train as the twins. Yeah. And, like... I was using magic and bullshitting my way past the guard, mm-hmm. 
And I was like, I had super convinced this guard that um, I was this mm-hmm. rich family's child. And I'm like, let me just look, get past you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, I did it. He believed me. But him being a guard and a rational adult is like, let me take you to your parents then. And that <laughs> super backfired yeah. on me. To me, I think it should be a balance. Like, it yeah. depends on what it is, basically. Yeah, that's if it's the... outlandish, then yeah, you kind of have to have reasoning. That is the, the point of the DM is to not... The... is to interpret the rules. And the yeah. rules aren't there to tell you yes or no. Yeah. The rules are there to quantify something that might be a little bit obtuse. And this is how... Just as a note, this is how I play charisma stuff. If you're just talking, if, if there comes up uh, a situation where someone's a little on the fence about something, like you're trying to convince someone to do something, if you just give a straight-up argument and they agree with that argument and it makes sense, they'll just go with it. You don't have to roll for that. If you say something and it's questionable and they're like on the fence... Then you roll for it. Right. Uh, that's that how, that's how I play it. And having a high persuasion means that those on the fence things suddenly become usually falls in your favor. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're trying to convince someone to do something that's like counter to their own interests, uh, it's just going to be a high check. Yeah. Because, uh, but if you're trying to convince someone that is like, going to severely harm them or is counter to what their plans are and that's you're not going to be able to roll a check to do that you've got to either trick them or convince them of something else yeah um you know in the same sense that like you can cast command on someone but you can't make them stab themselves yeah that was uh that was one of the things i liked about Grost. the whole fucking fight before him was he's like I'm just vibing. I want to do this. What are you? What are you guys doing? And the, mm-hmm. the twins are like, "Are you just vibing?" And he's <laughs> you like, failed yeah. the vibe check, sir. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just doing this. I'm vibing. I have my own realm, and I want to make your realm my realm and enslave everybody, and they'll just do what I want, and they'll be happy." And so it's like, "Okay, no, 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 no. Now, see, you had us up until the point where everybody then serves you." <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, that's a thing. Is that there was this whole thing of that like, Graz was talking one hundred percent genuinely there. Yeah, but the concepts were completely divided. Like he he didn't even like because he was being open and honest, and he wasn't trying to trick you. He was being very clear that like, well, no, it's it's going to be all under my control and. Uh, because of that, I can arrange it so that it's perfect. So yeah. that's the idea, is that, like, I can, you know, if you're having trouble with a relationship, I can just say, get along. Yeah. <laughs> and that, so there's an aspect He's of like, that, you all, You all just become flesh blob, and I get dopamine and inject it in you, and then you're happy forever. <laughs> Something along those lines. And that that's sort of, like, the type of thing, is that with some characters you might fully convince them to be on your side. But what does that mean? What, what does it mean? They're going to act by their nature to whatever the situation is. Uh, I was playing around. I was reading. Uh, D&D Beyond has a great article about hags right now. Um, it's like the third article back or something. And they talk about uh, a green hag or uh, whatever it's called, the, the forest hag. And um, it puts up this idea as a, 
uh, of uh, like hags are high wisdom, usually high intelligence. What does it mean if a hag has your best interests at heart? What if, how, how do you make a hag that has good intentions be a villain? And they're like, what if you? What if the hag is a matchmaker? Think about a grandparent who is like got someone for you that's perfect for you. <laughs> now put that on a hag. How far is that <laughs> hag willing to go to manipulate, to lie, to do things? Think of a really, really controlling, uh, like grandparent or parent or something like mm-hmm. that. That's like really, like goes out of line. What take that to its fullest extent? Because from the hag's point of view, they know better than you. You're just a kid. You're no, no, there. She's an ancient, wise being of great magical power, and you're just a little adventurer going around. You might think that this is a bad thing, but she knows better. So she's just going to overwrite whatever you want done. <clears throat> so you can do all you want to try to get this hag on your side, but the hag's already on your side from her point of view. <laughs> and so there's this like. All right, I think. Yeah. I think we should probably call it. Yeah. Um. We're going to be recording another uh, episode. Or episode. We're going to be doing this type of thing again next week. So uh, we'll pro- I'll probably ask you, know, you guys if you can put some feelers out. If anybody has any suggestions of what we could do. Uh, either potentially playing like a quick one shot. Or... I will say, real quick, that I would love to come up and do a 100% random one shot just mm-hmm. pulling off of that would be pretty stuff. awesome just because yeah. I've done that for myself and I'd love to just run a random thing uh, I would Another... like to do that because I have mm-hmm. a character uh, ba- I, I started playing Skyrim again and I have mm-hmm. a character that is based off of Skyrim that I know how I want to build the character in D&D mm-hmm. and uh, I really want to be this character <laughs> Well, the, another thing that another thing that we could do is uh, a thought that came to my mind. If we have time for it, depends on what our schedules are like and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, potentially, like watching a movie and then recording like a, a bit of a review to it afterwards, mm-hmm. um, if that'd be something people would be interested in. Um, we could put a vote out. Yeah, uh, another thing that we could do is just this again, just talking about Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. talking about what we like, what things we want to do. Triple A um, vote. Games that. You know, we've been playing and stuff like that. How uh, much I hate Shadowrun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that'll uh, take up the whole episode. We could also do a whole thing on giving advice about playing and stuff like that. It's not exactly. Oh, that'd be like, good. Um, we're, we're not exactly like the the you know yeah god kings of. I do have a lot of new but... aspiring players in my server that hate. Yeah, and, and, and there's lots of to DMs that think they're shitty. Uh, all of us are shitty, my guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, DM is just, naturally bullshit. You literally, literally, the only thing you have to do to be a successful GM is to make sure everyone's having fun. And if yep. everybody's having fun, you win D anD. d You won. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're if you're an aspiring player, like there, there's a lot of stuff that I, I that I know I want to tell people that want to get into D anD. Yeah. Um, but like at its core. This is a game that you are playing with your friends, or at the very least, people that want to have fun. Yeah. So, yeah. don't take it too seriously. Uh, don't worry about the rules. 
don't worry about role playing. Don't worry. There, there's no right way to play D and D. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of wrong ways. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's true. The, the, the wrong is, ways are when you're not having fun. Exactly. Like I said, I like my my first time playing Dungeons and Dragons. I never even saw the books. I never saw anything like that. I never rolled a twenty sided die, and I was on the top bunk of a bunk bed. <laughs> like, as long as you're having fun, as long as you're having a good time, go and play a Super Saiyan. Be Goku, uh, and the the main thing is doing it. Yeah, you I, can talk about wanting to play all you want, but you do need to eventually play, and you can play with just two people. Three would be better, but like, I mean, yeah. it's the same also, thing with DMing. There's also like people usually hear this shit and they think, oh, well, this is like something where I can do whatever I want, but, like, if you're going to be, like, good and make sure everybody has fun, mm-hmm. like, you as a player can't just go, well, it's about what I want. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, you, like, you like have I said, to, like, it, take it, into consideration everybody else as well. You are playing with friends. It like, is a collaborative storytelling method, basically. Yeah, you have is. to read the vibe of the room. I saw this meme that was pretty funny. I really liked it. That was, like, other people and their campaigns and it's just like no you can't seduce the dragon it'd be it's, it wouldn't work and all this other stuff and then right below it is i kick flipped the horse and then the geo <laughs> oh, goes yeah i remember this I you that. succeed <laughs> that made me think of the whole thing yeah. in the house yeah with the box, <laughs> with the box. where tom literally yeah. he, no um travis was like I was like, can I kickflip the box as we ride it down the stairs? And Travis is like, you can if you want to. And I was like, I can't. I don't want to snap the rat's <laughs> God, neck I want as to. he flies off. I totally would have let you try. I know. And we rolled, and I would have succeeded, but like the other two had to have rolled too, and I wasn't... There was three chances there for us to fail, and that's too many chances. That's triple disadvantage. You fall and break your neck on the stairs. Oh, but yeah, okay. I, I I know that, like, I'm pretty sure all of us have plenty to say about Dungeons and & Dragons and, and, like, for newer players and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Just so, vibe. Yeah, if that's something that people want to hear, like, let us know. Yeah. Um, Advice podcast, normal podcast, uh, movie review... Or randomized one shot. Randomized one shot. Uh, can we vote on this ourselves? Sure. I vote the one shot. All right. <laughs> Just because I fucking love D and D so much, as evidenced by I'm current, I'm in a Star Wars D and D that I actively play every week, unless people cannot make it. But usually every week, there is one I do also on Thursday that is uh, Descent into Avernus. Where I play a cleric of LaRue. And uh, in Avernus, it's pretty funny because there was a uh, unicorn that was trapped in some tower and I saved it. And now I'm basically a knight with a lance on this... uh, On a horse with a lance? Yeah, on a horse with a lance. (laughs) A unicorn. Okay. Uh, Uh, Well, since I suggested it, I, I... I honestly, I would like to do a whole thing about giving advice and stuff like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I really want to do the one-shot, but I do kind of want to do that, too. Yeah, I'm totally cool with any of these. Yeah. I really think it's between those two. Yeah. Although I would rely I'm, based on what other... I'd, I'm going to say, I'd rather not do the movie just because I'm not too yeah. big on movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a... I thing don't feel like I would be able to contribute to that very well, personally. <laughs> I but. literally can watch any movie and go, 
Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That's how I feel. Well, uh, that's it. Yeah. So, thanks for listening to us ramble for all that. Yeah, yeah like three hours. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening to uh, about our last fucking, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our last fucking yeah. game that you well, know nothing about. Well, okay, think about. about it like this. If we do this again, uh, uh, they won't have to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, if uh, we do do a podcast version of the Twins Candy Factory, we won't have to explain fucking anything. We'll just open with... If you haven't listened to this particular episode, go listen to it. Otherwise, nothing will make sense. And it's going to like open with, oh, hey, Hath, how are you? And Hath trying to jump out the window because he yeah. knows what these two fuckers are capable yeah. of. But he can't. But he can't. Is there. <laughs> oh, no. Bernie's, what a fucking twist that Bernie's, would be. Bernie's their secretary now. Wait, wait. Didn't didn't Bernie go and help them? Yeah. Do yeah. what they oh, did? Yeah. Uh, he Copper, did go help them. Copper stayed at the temple and he told Bernie to go with the children. Yeah. He So it's going to be fucking like Hath gets in there and the twins are like, oh, hey, Hath. And he's like, I have to get out. But then he turns around and there's the front desk. Who's that? Oh, no. It's Bernie in a pencil skirt. And he's, oh. got, the, he's got the horn ring glasses. <laughs> yeah. So, question. Are you DMing this or am I DMing this? Me. Okay. Then I would, could just play as Bernie as my character. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you could play as Adam. Or I could play as Adam. I think Adam would be better because Bernie works for the children. Yeah, Bernie would have to have insider knowledge. Because we have. Yeah. I, I was Adam. Wait, 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 I was wait, wait, wait. What are we doing? What are we, the the podcast is over. Stop the recording. <laughs> right, okay, right. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>